My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me and my co-host Alex discuss Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, the dark misdeeds of Avi Arad, and the glory of Emo Peter. Get ready to fight the battle within, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man movies. I'm Lex. And I am Alex. Last week, uh, we had our Spider-Man 2 episode, which I think was very fun. and a lot of fun making that episode. Yeah, we, we had a lot to say about it as opposed to Spider-Man 1. I think there's just more to say about 2 than there is to say about 1. It's a very dense movie, and this movie is very dense. I have even more notes than I did last time. Equally dense. It's the longest of the three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's like all. It's like two hours, fifteen minutes. Mm, mm. It's not. It's not the longest one. That goes to Amazing Spider-Man Two, which is almost two and a half hours long. Which deserves to be the longest one, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> we'll get there when we get there. We sure will. So this week we're talking about Spider-Man Three. This movie was released on May 4th of 2007. Uh, It was directed by Sam Raimi, once again, his final film in the trilogy. Uh, Written by Alvin Sargent, Sam Raimi, and Ted Raimi. So we got the the brothers Raimi involved, as well as Alvin Sargent, who worked on the second movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the story is by Sam and Ivan Raimi. Starring, once again, Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Uh, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. James Franco as Harry Osborn slash New Goblin. Mm. <laughs> Just maybe the dumbest name I've ever heard. I think Little Goblin Jr. would have been better. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church as Flint Marco slash The Sandman. Topher Grace as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. Rosemary Harris as Aunt May. And J.K. Simmons, uh, the light in these turbulent waters, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, music is by Christopher Young. Uh, as we talked about in the last episode, uh, Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman kind of had a falling out. But uh, yeah, they had to bring in Christopher Young. Uh, they use a lot of the same themes, so I think it's credited as music by Christopher Young, themes by Danny Elfman. Yeah, I think it's an original themes by, which which is like the most subtle, like, oh, well, they're, they're original themes, yeah, I and guess. The, and the new music in this movie out. is kind of bland. I'm not super into it. Yeah, other movies Christopher Young has done, just banging them off real quick, he did the score for Hellraiser, uh, The Grudge, hmm. uh, Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Uh, and he did the score for Ghost Rider, the Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> which which should be MCU canon. It, sh- it should. It should. And any <laughs> excuse to get Nicolas Cage in the MCU is one that should be taken. Uh, this movie had a budget of $350 million, somewhere around that ballpark. Uh, and it made a box office of $895 million. Uh, until last year, this was the highest grossing Spider-Man movie ever. Good stuff. So, Alex... Do you have any personal experiences with this movie? Indeed, I do. Uh, Spider-Man 2, as we discussed last week, was uh, the first, I, I want to say the first superhero movie in general I saw in the theater. Um, Spider-Man 3, I also saw in the theater. I saw it with my brother and my aunt. 
I, I've always been a huge, huge, huge Vet 70 show fan pretty much my entire life. And I was I was frankly pissed that Topher Grace left the show to be in this movie. 11-year-old <laughs> uh, Alex had some pretty strong opinions about that in 2007. About that 70s show. I mean, it is what it is. Spider-Man 3, it's nobody's favorite, I think. Um, but personally speaking, I have always liked it. I've, I've liked the cheesier elements of it. I like what Raimi was trying, capital T, trying to do with it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, that's really all I can say about my personal experience with it. I, I, I suppose, uh, I got it on DVD when it came out. I don't think I have that same copy anymore, but I still got it. Um, I don't know that I had the, the home tie in game. I know I had Spider-Man two, but I don't think I had any interest in three. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's just about the, the big and small of it. As far as my personal experience with it goes, I think I've seen it the least out of all three. I've seen them all. A lot, yeah, I've, I've definitely also seen one... it, it the least out of the three because it's so long. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is, uh, this is going to be the first episode where we have like a major difference of opinion because I, I'm actually less kind to this movie than I was the last time I watched it. And I, the last time I watched it, uh, dear listeners, was I watched it back in April and my opinion has uh, immediately soured on this movie. <laughs> I think in large swaths it works, but there are just even larger swaths of not working. My personal feelings about the movie, uh, this is the first movie I can remember uh, being like cognizant and super like hyped about. Uh, this movie and Speed Racer, I was really hyped for both of those movies. And one of, the, and one oh, of yeah, those that's... movies is really good, like a five-star masterpiece. And the other one is Spider-Man 3. I specifically remember watching the movie in the theater and then when I was in primary school, uh, like our teacher asked us to like write uh, a little like sentence or two about what we did over the weekend. Uh, so I wrote that I went to go see Spider-Man three, and I'm like, <laughs> and I and I wrote something about how I wish they would have not used three villains because it would it would have <laughs> it would have saved it, they would have made more money if they made more movies and spread the villains out. So like even like seven year old me knew what was up. And look at you now. And look at me now. Uh, how far I've fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I had the DS game of this, but I never got very far. I think the mm. first, you have the first level where you save some people from a burning building, and then you fight New Goblin, uh, and I just couldn't beat New Goblin. I see, yeah. I had the, the tie-in for one on the Game Boy. I played, I played some of the tie-in for one on the GameCube, but I, I had the Game Boy version, and then, of course, you know, what else can be said about two that hasn't been said already, but I don't know anybody in my life that even played the Spider-Man 3 game, but, I mean, who cares? I've seen right? clips of the cutscenes for the Spider-Man 3 game. Tobey Maguire puts more emotion into those cutscenes than he does into making this movie. Oh, I mean, probably an easier day of recording. Yeah. No one's calling him a frog or breaking his back. Or breaking his back. Uh, all right. I think, Alex, it's time to move on to plot. Of course, and what a plot it is. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> it, it's literally nothing but plot. Uh, this is one of the most expository movies I think I've ever seen. Um, the intro, I gotta say, is a little lackluster. I hate to start off on a sour note, but the, the it's not the same reused assets from the first two they they do go hey we've got sand effects now we got slime effects now check this shit out uh it's fine it, it's it's still got that same you know elfman score with the new christopher young stuff overlaid we get you know tastes of the themes and stuff for the lay motifs for the villains yes. like we always do 
we get some licensed footage from one and two. Uh, it, it, you know, it's pretty pretty slapped together. You know, nicely. It's better than anything I think I could make. But I do like that it is a recap of the first two movies, even if it's not Alex Ross art. Mm-hmm. But but that Ross art is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just out of the three, one and two just feel so like fuck yeah, dude. You're watching a Spider Man movie, and this one almost just kind of feels like yeah, it's Spider Man. You know what to expect. We're gonna get into this. I, I, we're gonna get into this later. <laughs> but this movie. Uh, got completely fucked by executives absolutely a lot, good friend avi uh, good, ah, the dark the dark <laughs> misdeeds of avi arad Have we gone three episodes without four episodes without bringing him up yet oh my god yeah this is our fourth <laughs> yeah this will be our fourth episode because of the intro and we have not brought up avi arad so i'm gonna do a little <laughs> uh segue here to quickly talk about who avi arad is please do avi arad is an american israeli businessman he uh, is sort of the ceo of toy biz uh, which is a company that bought out Marvel in the 90s after they went bankrupt. Uh, and so he got really involved in all of the movie projects. He's still a, an executive producer on lots of Marvel movies. He's still heavily involved in stuff. Uh, but he was, he, real, Spider-Man is really his baby. Um, and in more recent years, he sort of stepped back. Uh, he's let Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel Studios team do their stuff. Uh, but for these five movies... He was really heavily invested. He won an Oscar for Into the Spider-Verse because that won Best Animated Feature. <laughs> it's just the funniest sentence in the world to me. Oscar winner, Avi Arad. Uh, and yes, Avi, lots of Avi Arad's decisions uh, on an executive level are, have been very controversial, especially with this movie. And we will get into that later. We sure will. So uh, we, we have our, you know, we have our little opening montage hey it's spider-man what the fuck to expect you're watching spider-man uh god i i really i like this movie please don't believe that i don't like this movie from the way i'm going to talk about it for the next hour but the first immediate thing we get in this movie after all that you know we get some peter hey i'm spider-man you know i'm spider-man that all that regular that we always get awful monologue And, and just to let you know, when I do talk about how much I don't like this movie, I genuinely don't like this movie. <laughs> so don't get it <laughs> twisted. Right, right. So uh, at this stage in his life, I want to say in universe time, it's been, I, I think I read somewhere it was six months, maybe. It's between six months and a year since the events of uh, Spider-Man yeah, 2. One, they, they don't really uh, explain how long the time gaps between ever. each movie is. Uh, we and, don't know if Peter's supposed to be 20 or 25, you know what I mean? Uh, Pete's doing well at this point in his life. He's uh, somehow the top of the class again in college. He's, while he's somehow his, managed uh, to balance his lives. The whole point of Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, it's just been resolved off screen. He's a grown man who's at least my age, maybe maybe slightly younger. I'm not sure. He still gets bullied in college by like fucking 50s bullies. Yeah, fucking high school bullies him. in college. I, I'm I'm currently a university student, and I've never seen anybody do that. I think everybody's just tired or drunk or high. Yeah, I, I, I in any of my classes or lectures when I went to college, I was not awake enough to fuck with nerds. Uh, Nobody plays elaborate pranks and like spitballs or like shines mirrors in people's faces. Nobody imagine, does that. Imagine excelling in high school for four years, nailing every scholarship you can, getting accepted to NYU, moving, and then waking up one morning and being like, I'm just going to blow spitballs on the back of this fucker's head. And did Sam Raimi go to college? Mirror at him. I don't believe he did. This <laughs> makes a lot of sense then. I, he's just like seen it in like a Three Stooges movie or something where they went to college and he's like, yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> um. So b- besides all that, Peter is uh, somehow also floating his relationship still. He's doing 
very well with MJ, who is fully receptive to his uh, spiderly duties, for lack of a better word. Uh, Peter is planning on proposing to her. Uh, MJ's currently on Broadway doing Manhattan Memories, uh, which, you know, it, it's good for her. Good for her. Accomplished actress. For her. Decent actress? Question mark? Maybe not. Uh, so Peter is attending another performance of Manhattan Memories, and we get possibly, in my opinion, one of the funniest uh, scenes in any of these movies where the camera pans up to Harry, like a gargoyle up in <sighs> he's the... Al- he's the- already <laughs> gone full supervillain, and it's awesome. It's so great. It's been six, at least six months. He didn't go to TMZ and say, hey, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and he killed my dad. You know what I mean? He's just been fucking with Peter, like watching him from the shadow. <laughs> spoilers for far from home he didn't pull a mysterio and just like yeah this it's this guy this is the guy he's just like no i'm gonna sit here in my uh theater box and stare at him evilly it's like fuck he does everything in this movie except wring his hands together in a leather chair with a cat in his lap or smoke a pipe yes exactly he should have gotten one like norman had pipes laying around Norman probably had crack pipes laying around norman wore a smoking jacket in spider-man one he should have got a smoking jacket Smoke crack with me, son. The sun. <laughs> Just a green crack rock in his pipe. I mean, yeah, there's a scene where he juices with the goblin sauce. Uh, th- this begs the question for me. Peter had a ticket waiting for him. I know I know. Harry's got, like, fuck you money, but, like, did he just buy a ticket to a most likely sold out Broadway show just to fuck with Peter and, like, look at him? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, of course, the, the money thing isn't really a question, but, like, God, what that, that sounds like some pretty intense planning for Harry Osborne, who we've been shown, by all accounts, is probably the stupidest man on the planet. Stupid and petty are two different uh, yeah, there you go. nexuses of energy. So we, we get a quick little post-play snippet, a uh, fun little visual gag with Harry having sent flowers that are like five times the size of Peter's. So MJ knows that Peter is Spider-Man, right? Yes, of course. Why doesn't he explain the Harry situation? There's this triangle of in this movie of X person will not say what they need to say to Y person. Peter won't tell Harry that he didn't kill his dad. He does, you know, soon. But Harry doesn't believe him, obviously. Uh, Peter also won't tell MJ that Harry is a fucking psychopath, like, ready-to-become-a-supervillain kind of guy. Like, he just sits in his house all day brooding and probably throwing darts at a picture of Spider-Man. And MJ won't tell Peter later in the movie that she was fired from her play. So I think the takeaway here is that uh, white people in their 20s in New York are just full of shit. They don't have basic <laughs> communication skills. Nobody in this movie except Aunt May knows how to speak to another human being. <sighs> we we get some great uh, brief uh, scenes after the play uh, with Harry, you know, he, Harry be juicing. He be, he be Harry's taking those, juicing. Uh, we get to see a gold green goblin mask. Uh, we could we could have had fucking hobgoblin. We could have had hobgoblin. Easily could have had hobgoblin or or demogoblin or something, something. There's a lot of goblins to pick from before you just go ah eh, throw a fucking ski mask on him and put him on a skateboard. Make him new goblin. We could have had hobgoblin. They could have called him the. They should have said new goblin like in you like new metal. That that would have been holy over shit. the top enough. I think that would have been awesome. We get um. Peter and MJ on a very, very Peter Parker idea of a fun date, which is I'm going to make a giant web between two trees and we're going to watch a meteor shower. I'm going to shoot this goo out of my body and we're going to lie on it. 
I can't imagine it's comfortable to lie on because it's got to be like 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 steel cable, like a hammock made of steel cables. I, I don't imagine it's comfortable, but maybe that's not the point. Who knows? I will say as somebody who was very much not a fan of the Peter MJ relationship uh, in Spider-Man 2, uh, this is a nice moment that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the first one that they've had since the first movie. It's like the only good Peter MJ moment we're going to have for this movie. So you keep that locked in your mind. Oh, yeah. I am a fan of their relationship in the comics, but it's just so weird in the it's movie. It's so I... weird. And then we get into Gwen Stacy in this movie, and they fuck her up, too. Yeah, that's, it's an interesting <sighs> take on the character, and that, that's what I'll give it is interesting. So we get the meteor shower date and the introduction of our... I don't know... Would we call Venom the primary antagonist of this movie? Because they're all kind of tertiary, to be honest. They're all just kind of there. There is a a rotating cast of villains in this movie. Villains will get introduced and then be thrown out of the script just to make way for a new villain who will then be thrown out of the script to make way for a third villain who will then be thrown out of the script to be replaced by other villains. They, you know, they exchange. It's a double team thing. Uh, Two of them sometimes tap in, tap out. Uh, but yeah, we, we get the symbiote falling from Earth, or falling from a space to Earth. Uh, With the quietest explosion ever. Yes, yes. I think they did a fine job introducing the idea of the symbiote in this movie. Um, you can't exactly have Secret War happen without the yeah. right to a million other things. So, um... It is kind of sudden that is, I mean, they did it in the Ultimate Comics, where it's like, it's a weird oh, sure. thing that Peter's dad made. But Peter's it, dad, it, nobody should ever make a movie with Peter Parker's father in it. Um, no, yeah, he should be out of the picture long before any story you're getting ready to tell. It is kind of weird that they're just like, okay, aliens exist now. But, I mean, Venom was not originally supposed to be in this movie. Uh, it no. was it was forced upon by Avi Arad that Venom be mm-hmm. in this movie. Right. The fans want it. They want to see you. Then the fans wanted it, and look what that got them. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like the, the, the symbiote. I don't know, exposition and background more in this than I did in the uh, Venom movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. We are not going to do an episode on the Venom movie because Spider-Man is not in it. And also that movie sucks ass and I don't ever want to see it again. Anyway, we're getting getting off topic. We absolutely are. Look for our Venom episode coming out never. Coming out Uh, never. We we get our introduction of Flint Marco, the Sandman. I can't tell if Thomas Hayden Church is good in this movie or not. I can't tell either. Normally, I feel like I'm a pretty solid gauge for movie criticism. I mean, I'm I'm no Roger Ebert or anything, but nine times out of ten, I really feel like I can be like, yeah, that was that was decent or that was bad. I don't know. I cannot read him. He is an Easter Island head on a body. Uh, it's I, I'm not saying it's a bad performance because. That's the character. He's quiet. He's sullen. He's withdrawn. It, it makes sense in terms of what he's going for. But I can't tell if I like the performance or not. I will be honest. I've never seen Thomas Hayden Church in another movie. So I can't really gauge his performance compared to his other performances. So I mm. don't know if it's just him being a wooden actor or if the script is just awful. I'm willing to weigh on the side of the script being awful because the script is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know how to read this guy. This Flint Marco scene is really good, though. Oh, yeah, it's 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 one of the better character introductions in all three of these movies. Uh, yes. Is it specified what illness his daughter has, or does she just have mystery, I have oxygen tubes in my nose? Yeah, she has oxygen tubes, and she's got, like, a arm cane. 
Okay. It's like yeah. for the for the first time in these movies, we immediately establish a villain with motivation. Besides uh, Harry in this movie, so we have we have two we have two villains with really good motivations so far. But you know right. we have th- that's more than one, which is not good. And three is also more. And than soon one. we will have three. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, it's a it's a very poignant scene. He's escaped from prison. Uh, he delivers a bunch of letters that the prison was refusing to let him send to his daughter. I like that. Some great exposition about how he'll get the money no matter what he needs to do. Very, very clean cut and quick way to introduce your villain who maybe you're supposed to be rooting for. Who knows? It's all a big question mark. But like it's handled, for this movie, it's handled very smoothly. Uh, yes, it is. And the costume I'm a huge fan of. It's yeah, it, it's it looks it, it just looks like Sandman. It's good. Yeah. It's not picture perfect. It, it's not, oh, well, it's not the right green and the stripes are right. It's fine. It's a live action Sandman and he doesn't look like a Electro. The, the Sandman <laughs> costume is not hard to do because it's not even really a costume. Yeah, it's just it's just a fit. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, New it's York just his, It's just his duds. Uh, can you imagine if they had made some kind of fucking sand abomination thing out of him like they do with Electro later in, in the movie that shall not be named? Uh... uh what do I have here? Yeah, uh, post Sandman introduction, we get uh, an Aunt May visit. Aunt May decides to give Peter the family heirloom engagement ring. Rosemary Harris, uh, you know, across the board, she gives some pretty solid performances in all three of these movies. But it, she's she's uh, she's just as fine in this movie as she is in one and two. There's not really any scenes that come to mind for me that are like, oh god, that Aunt May scene. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, she 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 does her job. Rosemary Harris is very good in these movies. Oh yeah, solid. From from all accounts, this should be a good movie. <laughs> um, so I believe on the way home from that, Peter, you know, he's riding high, he's doing fine. He's he's got a lot good going for him. It's kind of an uh, inverse of the "God, my life sucks" oh, from Spider Man Two. And that's when Harry shows up. Uh, we get our second scooter fatality. Peter just cannot make these things last. Uh, is that the same scooter or did he get the old one repaired i don't know i don't believe peter parker has ever had the funds to get a new scooter so i imagine the one that got pancaked i'm more interested in the story of the scooter than i am in the story of most of the characters in this movie spider-man 4 rise of the scooter fuck yeah uh there's there's a couple fun almost lord of the rings-esque scenes with where ring tumbling out of his hand webbing yeah i do do like that the big thing at stake is the ring yeah, Peter doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, I need that ring. That's Aunt May. Because you know he's not going to die. There's not going to be anything bad that happens in the first, like, 30 minutes yeah, of this exactly. movie. I like that he's fighting out a costume. Uh, the effects in this movie got way worse. That's one thing I wanted to mention. I have it I have it circled and underlined. The FX suck with, like, 12 They're so years. bad. John, Dykst- John Dykstra did not work on this movie, and you can no, tell. No, yeah, absolutely not. Um it's it's bizarre. All of the faces look bad when it's like a fully CGI person ducking and weaving and stuff. And it looks like early Xbox 360 graphics, like 2005 yeah. Xbox 360. The only effects that work in this movie for me are the Sandman, which took like fucking two years to develop. The Sandman looks good. Mm-hmm. Most, if not all, of the sand effects in this movie are great, but you can tell that's where the budget went. So, yes. uh. Peter finally says mid-fight that he didn't kill Norman. He doesn't explain anything more, just that he didn't do it. And all Harry has to offer is, shut up! So, like, good talk, I guess. Good good talk. Why didn't you say it in (laughs) Spider-Man 2, you fucking moron? 
or even in Spider-Man One. Or like, even hey, in Spider-Man I, One. I know Spider-Man. I take pictures of him, and uh, he told me that uh, he didn't kill him because Spider-Man doesn't carry giant knives with him everywhere he goes. I just I don't I don't like the trope of how Peter takes pictures of Spider-Man for the bugle, and everyone immediately assumes that him and Spider-Man are like best friends. I don't like that. They do it in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and they do it in these movies. I mean, if I was in that situation, I would totally be like, yeah, yeah I know Spider-Man, he's cool. You know, we, 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 we drink beer once in a while. We, uh, we went and saw Rent on Broadway, <laughs> me and Spider-Man. Why would you go see Rent? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first play I could think of. Go <laughs> see, like, I'd, Wicked or The Lion see, King, not fucking I'd, Rent. Look, I'd see anything if I was hanging out with Spider-Man. That is true. If he said, let's go see Rent, I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, I love Rent. Sure. Sure, whatever you say, Spider-Man. Just don't bring Ditkovich. Uh, Harry falls and conks his gourd. Uh, oh my god, this is the funniest scene in the movie. I <laughs> love this. Him. This, is, I, this is almost Three Stooges level shit, which, you know, we all know Raimi loves the Three Stooges, but like, uh, Spider-Man, what's his ultimate defense here? I'm going to just web one strand of web at face height across this alley. Harry hits like three vents. It's the fuck. It's the oh. fucking sound effects for me. It's like bing bong bing. On old DVD players, you used to be able to loop a scene with like an A and a B button. And I distinctly remember watching this with my brother once where we set the loop at when Harry first hits and the end of the loop was when he hits the dumpster. So it was literally just a continual bing, bang, boom. boom. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so so funny. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, He should be dead. He absolutely should be dead. I don't think huffing goblin gas makes you invincible it makes you stronger yeah but like i think it makes you heal i think it makes you heal faster as well his brain should be mush and his back should be like shattered (laughs) from by all accounts but luckily uh spider-man knows cpr and somehow that saves his life (laughs) yeah they go to the Uh, they go to the hospital (laughs) yeah and peter's shirt is torn to fuck because he was assaulted by you know goblin grenades and knives and shit and like I would love to see the scene where he runs into the ER with Harry. Like, did he take Harry out of the costume? Because Harry wasn't wearing, like, clothes. Yeah. Was he just naked? naked, unconscious Harry, and he slashed the shit. And he's like, yeah, we were in a hit and run. Fucking with what? A Cutco knives truck? Like, what? (laughs) He got got hit by a car so hard his clothes exploded (laughs) off of him. He comically got knocked out of his suit and flew through the air and landed on the ground holding a daisy on his chest. But yeah, we, we don't get that scene, but uh, it, it would have been something. I don't know. So uh, hours slash days after this, because there's no there's no chronology in this movie. Yeah, there's you, no chronology. This movie is edited like shit. The only time you can tell things are different is because like, oh, it's night now. So this must be later. Um, Captain Stacy is in this movie. Uh, yeah, Gwen Stacy is in this movie, by the way. One of Spider-Man's most most important side characters, and she does nothing in this movie. Uh, she causes some tension in the relationship. That's literally it. Which She's I mean, in Peter's class. They introduce her in the scene where he gets bullied, and it's just yeah, like, what, you're here in this movie now? Which would have been perfect, like, 
like as just a throwaway cameo. Hey, it's a blonde girl with a headband. Maybe she's Gwen Stacy. Let's not bring if her. They up introduced her in like Spider-Man Two. <laughs> it would have been nice because that's when he goes to college. Yeah, it would have been something, but who knows? We'll never know. Fucking uh, Captain Stacy is uh, leading the hunt for Flint Marco, and he uh, is alerted that Flint has been spotted in what did they say marshland? They say that Flint uh, is like a suspect in the Ben Parker case. Yeah, uh, he's you know he's got a litany of other uh, crimes against him too. That that scene where they where they bring up the uh, the Flint Marco stuff to Peters. Actually, I thought it was here. It's way later. No, uh, it's they, way later. They, they first they show us Gwen with no context, and they say, "Hey, it's Captain Stacy." And it's like, okay, well, what? Why the fuck did we need to see him for this? Why couldn't we just get like, "Hey, Flint Marco has been spotted for for no reason." Captain Stacy is the the lead on the we got to catch Flint Marco case. Yes, you know, whatever. So, so yeah, they're like in like the swamplands of New York. Mm-hmm. You know, the classic New York swamplands, classic New York beaches. It's a science facility. You know, you know what they do there. Science, uh, they uh, hit uh, sand with uh, particle beam, uh, whatever. <laughs> Science, like they're, they're actively trying to create a sand-themed supervillain. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it seems like. They're doing this shit in the middle of the fucking night. They don't even te- they don't even look to see if anything's in there. Like, oh, it's a bird. It'll fly away. Yeah, that bird. It'll be an evil villain bird. The sand bird. There's probably like eighty thousand sandbirds across the city that's- of New York. That's where the sandbird from uh, Mario Sunshine is from. Oh my god, yeah, they they formed one giant sandbird. You're right. (laughs) It's a demolecularization experiment, and like, don't get me wrong, if you're going to demolecularize something, shouldn't it be something that's not already like a grain or a particle, like sand? Did we make the sand smaller? Did we accomplish it? I don't know. And also, like, the the security is like a barbed wire fence, and then you fall into a giant pit (laughs) that you can't climb out of. Oh, man. But for all the goofiness this scene gives us, it does also give us probably one of the best effect sequences in any of these movies, the, where he, uh, you know, the reconstruction and all that later. Yeah, where, uh, where, where he where he disintegrates into sand. That's a really cool scene. Good stuff. But yeah, we get the, the creation of the Sandman pretty cut and dry, pretty quick. They don't waste a lot of time on it. Uh, Peter gets some hospital news uh, regarding Harry. He has made a startlingly quick recovery, almost like he's been huffing goblin gas or something, and has brain damage that has led to short-term memory loss. Uh, he has amnesia in that he forgets everything that happened uh, in the last two movies. Yeah, pretty much. He's just back to being the Harry Osborn we saw in the museum sequence in, in Spider-Man 1. And that's, and that's totally because he got hit on the head and not because the screenwriters don't know what to do with him. <laughs> that's how amnesia works, right? That's Yeah. I know who I am. I just don't remember anything from exactly the last two years. <laughs> or fucking however long it's been. Yeah, you know, it's been some time. Uh, does anybody it's have been a cell phone here. in this movie? That's, that's Ma- Mary, Mary Jane Watson has a cell phone in one scene. Okay, yeah, because this oh seven's the year the first iPhone came out, I think. Yes. So that would have been Peter get iPad, you know what I mean? <laughs> Peter get iPad. <laughs> oh no, I dropped my iPad while I was web slinging. Got your get iPad. Uh, yeah, Sony would never let that happen ever. No, he's got he's got to be using a Sony Xperian uh, Motorola twelve point eight seven. Yeah. Oh that, no, I dropped my Sony Ericsson with all of my MP3 files on it. That's more of an Amazing Spider-Man thing. <laughs> no, I, you know it's funny you say that because Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man feels like a Zoom guy, but you know that's a whole debate. Who's Bing? <laughs> he sure the fuck did. 
just because Sony doesn't have their own engine. They will now. Let me go uh, Spider-Man that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, MJ shows up as well. They, there's, there's a fun brief, you know, semi-reunion. We got old Harry. We got Peter and MJ. Things are almost normal. Peter's like smiling on the way out of the hospital. Like, yeah, well, my best friend has brain damage. And f- he forgot that he thinks I murdered his dad. Fantastic. Shortly after that, we get the uh, the, the Flint Marco Sandman reconstruction scene. Uh, I laughed a lot during this because in the time it's taken me from last watch, whenever that was, it, it's been years since I've seen this movie. But uh, between my last watch and this watch, uh, I've gotten really, really, really into Watchmen. Uh, I love the original source material. I'm a big fan of the HBO show that came out recently. I don't know how much you know about Watchmen, Lex. Uh, I, 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 have, I don't know really anything about it. I've heard about it. I sure. know the general plot layout, uh, but I don't, I haven't read it. There's a very, very iconic sequence where the character Dr. Manhattan, uh, he kind of gets torn apart by like uh, by an intrinsic field chamber. And over the course of a few months, he slowly learns to reconstruct himself like neuron by neuron and like artery by artery until he can construct himself into a person again. Flint Marco says, fuck that. And he just like sandcastles himself and, and pretty sandcastles much himself. Tried. Fuck yeah. Maybe two or three tries, but it takes like five minutes. And he's he he goes from oh I can't form my entire head to I can form my clothes down to the stitch. Are are the clothes yeah, a part I'll, of him? Can he feel pain in the clothes? Who knows? I think he can just form himself into like anything, and he control he can control the color of it. That's, I'm gonna say who knows regarding things in this movie so much. <laughs> I always like I always like to imagine, especially if you read the comics and you look at how Ditko drew Sandman. I like to imagine that he's not like he doesn't have like the texture of like a human. Like he still has like gritty sand texture all over him. Yeah, like, but he just he looks convincing enough. Like he looks like, like a York. really, really good sand sculpture. Like you'd have sure, to, like, you'd sure. have to like take a second look before you realize, oh, it's sand. Like when you go to the store and like you buy a sack of flour and there's flour on the outside of the sack just because it's all you know so concentrated there. That's that's what he that's what he should feel like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get that that great great effect shot. A lot of time and money went into that. I think they had the only good effect shot there. in the movie. I'm pretty sure I read they had to write software just to figure out like, okay, this is how sand works, and they like spent months playing with Sam just to figure it out. <laughs> uh, great sequence. Uh, round of applause for it 13 years later. Uh, Peter has some reservations to propose to MJ, uh, but they mostly just discuss her piss-poor review of yeah, she, the... She comes, uh, she comes in and she's like, they hated me, and she pulls out a review, uh, and she's talking about how... Like, nice, her, you her, vo- her voice doesn't carry... She has like a, she doesn't sing very loud. Yeah, the the main takeaway from this conversation is like any t- any time I watched this movie with my fiance last night, and any time this couple started bickering or doing this shit, like my fiance Nicola would just start being like, "Oh my god, please get therapy." You know what I mean? Like they're sitting in this public restaurant, and every time, literally every time, MJ brings up something in this movie about how how bad her career is hurting. Peter goes, "Well." spider-man and it's like peter has no emotional intelligence in this movie (laughs) fucking no peter (laughs) they fucked his ass up they fucked up mj in the last movie and now not in come for peter they're gonna fuck him up too i I, look i'm no love guru or anything but like all i know is peter has a quote-unquote career as spider-man but like he's he's a new york icon for all the hate he gets there's people that love him because he knows that he does what he does for the reasons he does it mj has to fucking work 
She's yeah, an Peter, actress. Peter, Peter's time. not acting this way because Peter should act this way. Peter is acting this way because we need conflict in the story. Yeah, Peter, you know, he has a job as well. He does photography for money and shit. But, like, if he stopped being Spider-Man tomorrow, like, which, you know, has happened in these movies and stuff, like, he could fundamentally still live his life. If, if, if MJ just stopped being an actress, oh, well, now she can't pay the bills and she's going to starve to death. It's like fucking he's trying to relate but he's he's saying exactly the wrong thing every single time yeah they fucked him up so bad and there's a way to write good peter mj uh conflict uh the ps4 game does a really good job at it uh mm-hmm. like i said in the last episode they fucked up mary jane and it fucked mm-hmm. up peter parker so they're having this this uh this conversation you know he tucked the ring away in his pocket and all that he he's got to dip out to do some hero shit and i i I, I don't know what Raimi or any of the writers are going for when they like it, it was a fun moment at the end of Spider-Man 2 when they peppered in a quick little go get him tiger, which is what this, you know, line. He's like, hey, go get him tiger. Oh, no, sorry. Anyway, shut up. Just shut up, Peter. Shut the fuck up. Like, shut the like, fuck up. We, we know Peter's a quippy guy. We know Spidey's a quippy guy. But like. <sighs> no one if I was in an argument with my with my partner today and I had to dip out real quick, I wouldn't be like, hey. Say that thing we all, you know, like fuck, fuck that. He just, yeah, he it's the, he's, yeah, it's, he's not, he's not written months. the right way. He just does not know how to speak to humans, especially women. Oh my god, they, thank God he doesn't have like a I didn't kill your dad secret from MJ. Like they good fucked Lord. him up so bad. Uh, so we get one of the the funner action sequences in this movie. We get the crane sequence now. Yes, uh, a lot of these movies, you know, they they. You can just write it off as, oh, we get the bridge scene, we get the train scene, we get the crane scene. It it is what it is. There it is. This one is. This feels the most like the first two movies. I think this whole yes. thing here. Uh, we get a. There's this rogue crane with a spinning I beam that's just out of control. We get some fantastic New York accents in this. In this. Oh movie. yes. Turn off the generator. Turn off. He almost turn it like, off. Um, yeah. He's he's like a step away from sounding like Arnold. It, it's it, it's great uh gwen and some other is it ever like established vocally that gwen is a model or is it just this is just how we're shown yeah gwen gwen is just a model for some reason even though that's usually a mary jane character trait it's like they they they, they like fuse and combine these characters and different like they same or me frankenstein's all of spider-man's female cast and it's like it doesn't work both MJ and Gwen in this movie are 50% Gwen, 50% MJ, if that makes sense. Also with like a pinch of Liz Allen. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? Why are they like this? Uh, so so it's, a, it's a great sequence. The effects are decent, uh, mostly because they're not having to like generate any faces or anything for it. Eddie Brock shows up. He does. Eddie Brock shows up. And he, just, he just arrives for no reason. And because New York is, you know, just one square mile, um, he immediately is there in the vicinity of Gwen and Gwen's father because, you, you know, New York, it's very small. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, that's Gwen. That's the first time we na- he, he, we get we get her name. <laughs> yeah, we get her name. We get introduced to him. And it's it's like, oh, this Captain Stacy is Gwen's dad. OK, for some reason. OK, fine. It's 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 like <laughs> it's like a oh, screenwriting 101. Uh <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love the relationship between Captain Stacy and Spider-Man and, and some of the comics. Specifically, uh, they, they have a... Don't they have a rapport in the Ultimate comic? I, I don't... I'm talking I haven't read a whole lot of Ultimate. Just, yeah, I've read Ultimate, you haven't, so I guess you wouldn't know. But yeah, uh, they, they take a lot of inspiration from... Uh, 
I was reading about, of course. Uh, this scene is all about Gwen and the fact that she is falling from a building. Uh, historically, Gwen Stacy does not do well with falls, but uh, this is not that movie. This is not that comic. Spider-Man is in this scene for like eight uh, seconds, just, and it's cool. He doesn't even fuck with the crane. It's It might still be spinning and taking shit out, but he saved Gwen, and so he's like, all right, peace. What I have written down is literally Spidey does some cool ass shit. It's a good scene. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's, it, it's it's the closest in this movie we get to the 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 highs of the first. Yeah, two. It's, it's the closest the I feel to like human emotion watching this movie. Good old Spider. Uh, Peter hits the ground. He Eddie's like, "Hey, I'm here to take pictures of you because that's what I do." And Peter's like, "Oh, okay." Don't they have a guy. They have a guy. Uh, the following scene is good uh the king jjj here he uh, is some of our, yeah, some those, of our final the, like i said before the light in this turbulent weather oh my god some of our final minutes with jj here we see him throughout the movie but you know he only has so much screen time and we're nearing our the end of our stay with with good old jonah with here good, with good old jonah some some phenomenal hoffman in this scene some phenomenal this well, is like awesome. this is like the whole the whole crew like the height of their powers. There's mm-hmm. the Betty bit where she keeps buzzing his uh his desk. Oh god, yes. The That's wife really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Hoffman is a is a Raimi creation, right? He's not he's not I believe yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. He, he just had to put Ted in there for some reason and I got to say out of all the original ideas that he had, you know, organic web shooters be damned, I love Hoffman. I Hoffman, is, Hoffman is great. <laughs> How does he have a job and Peter doesn't on the staff? Like uh, the the, the Daily Bugle scenes are the best parts of the Raimi movies. They're really Hoffman fun. Has, he has to have some kind of dirt on JJ or something because he's probably he like JJ's like father-in-law's son. Because Robbie Robbie's good at his job. He he he's he's the he's a foil against JJ like a lot of time. We don't see him in this movie, do we? He is. He's for like a, yeah. yeah. He's there. He might have like a line. I don't remember Robbie. Yeah, he's he's one. he's there for a little bit. He's not as prevalent as he was in the first two. And of course, we get a uh, shut up, get out. Just just classic, classic all around. Uh, Peter shows up in the midst of all this ulcer-inducing stress, which I want to point out. Most of the meds on JJ's table. There's Pepto. There's Tums. Uh, this guy's got to have an ulcer like the size of a ribeye steak. It, it, I don't imagine there's a man. It's a tough life being the greatest world. newspaper editor in the world of our time. J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, <laughs> Peter shows up to deliver some Spidey picks. Eddie beats him out, angling for a staff job and just absolutely kissing JJ's ass. Uh, I I really okay. This is my this is my hot take for this movie. I really like uh, this version of Eddie Brock. I didn't for the longest time, and a lot of that I think had to do with specifically Topher Grace being in the role. But as time has gone on, I think my problem was never with Topher; it was with Topher as Eddie fused with Venom. I buy him as as Eddie Brock. I don't yes. buy him as Venom. Topher Grace as just regular Eddie Brock. I like that he's Peter's foil. That he's yeah. He, he, that he's that he's Peter motivated by selfishness instead of selflessness. Exactly. Uh, he, he's he like is. super. He's super scuzzy. I love that he's like a get rich quick guy. He has another really great character moment later oh, yeah. on that I'd enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. but somehow he's dating Gwen. Somehow he had one. He had one date with Gwen. Yeah, there we go. There we go. He, they, they got coffee. <laughs> yes. And he's already saying, oh, yeah, she's my girlfriend. I'm like, all right, dude. All right. Uh, <laughs> at, at the behest of dating this podcast, uh, Eddie Brock, the original simp. huh? Oh, my God. 
so uh po- post that uh oh yeah of course i i did want to notate probably my favorite j jonah jameson line of all time right here uh what are you waiting for chinese new year go <laughs> god that man can act uh, so good i'm so i'm so glad he's back i don't want to that, oh, yeah. i guess it's spoiling oh, too much but it fucking gives a shit i'm so glad he's yeah back. if you're listening to this podcast you you probably you've probably seen already seen far from Spider-Man movies uh Harry comes home from the hospital. Bernard welcomes him. And it's really funny to me. I was going to save this for trivia, but I want to bring it up now. There was originally an idea in the script that Bernard was a figment of Harry's imagination. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. But the thing that undoes it is the thing that undid it and decidedly made it not happen is, okay, well, Bernard's the one that tells him that Norman died by his own glider. And, that's and a whole did. fucking oh like, my god how the fuck uh, would that work how would how would his subconscious butler know this who who fucking cares whatever the other thing that would have undone that is like peter clearly sees bernard when they all hang out and harry talks to him in front of peter and harry's ne- and peter's never like who the fuck are you talking to who, who the fuck is bernard it would have been fun who knows but i love the i love the character of, of bernard he's he's just there He's, he's like, oh fucking, yeah. He's like a, he's like like a horrible movie. actor. It's great. He's a horrible butler too. He he's very sassy with with Harry. Um, yes, sir. I get to have a rapport. Whatever. Bernard's probably known him his whole life. He was probably a Norman hire. But like, I like to imagine that when he's not doing whatever Harry needs him to do, he's just kind of sitting in a chair, like just a wooden chair. <laughs> he's, somewhere in, in he's, he's in sleep he's not, mode. He's not. He's not reading the newspaper. He's not looking at Reddit or Twitter on his phone. He's just looking at the wall, waiting for Harry to go. Hey, Bernard, do I have any girlfriends? Um, they, they Peter, Peter and Harry have this like conversation where they talk about trying to join the junior varsity basketball team. Yeah. Uh, and this rem- this reminds me of the Star Wars prequels with how awful this dialogue is. And they're like, sure, oh, remember yeah. all those good times that we had off screen? <laughs> it's like that yeah, conversation but... that uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan have in the elevator in Attack of the Clones, where they're like, oh, remember when you fell into that pit of crazy monsters and I saved you? It's like, this is awful. It, yeah, it, it, it. they easily could have just been like, hey, remember when we went to the museum or something? But no, they just have to be like, hey, remember when Peter Parker tried out for basketball? No, that didn't happen. I don't remember that. <laughs> I could see him trying um, out for basketball after he gets his powers, but you know they. Oh compl- god, that. They, 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 <laughs> Instead of wrestling, he just signs up for the NBA draft or whatever, and he tries. They, to get they on do the make reference for Peter trying out for sports in uh, Civil War, and they do make a basketball scene in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's only really well done in Civil War. An uh, alternate timeline where he never went into superhero stuff; he just became the greatest NBA player of all time. Uh, yeah. Show me that in the next Spider-Verse. God. Uh, <laughs> so Harry still can't remember much at all, including his father, which if Harry had just been, you know, blessed with this amnesia and never came back to normal, honestly, that's probably the best thing for everybody in this movie that could have happened. You know what I mean? He forgets the trauma of, wow, my dad really did not give a piss about me. Uh, he forgive, you know, he would somehow forgive Peter by accident by not knowing all this. The the best possible thing for Harry in this movie could have been to hang on to the amnesia because he doesn't remember what an awful tool his father was. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the plot happens. Uh, we get a scene of MJ showing up for her rehearsal for Manhattan Memories. Some some lovely secondhand embarrassment here. 
uh that's one of my favorite forms of comedy is secondhand embarrassment i'm a big tim and eric guy uh they, that, fu- they fucking boot her ass after one bad review they're like they were yeah, all bad was every critic every paper i get every newspaper on my morning doorstep every morning because i but still it's York. really funny that after one bad re- after one set of bad reviews they immediately fucking kick her out of the show and she she walks out into the alley. I've I've always thought the scene was like, what the fuck is she thinking here? She walks out. Yeah, in the she alley. like cla- She cla- Everybody. She walks out, and everybody's clapping for a split second. She's like, oh, for me, and it's like, bitch, you just got fired. Why would they be clapping? Yeah, way to get fired. Woo. MJ you know, is fucking like, delusional in this movie. But it's just Spider Man. Just her. And then she gets mad Spider-Man. at Peter for Why? like do- being a Spider Man. Because now it's her turn to be the totally incomprehensible idiot of the relationship. They, they take turns uh, passing the idiot hat back and forth. Oh my god, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> so, for some reason, even though half the city hates him and half the city loves him, Spider-Man is slated to receive the key to New York City uh, for saving Gwen, uh, the police captain's daughter. Which, it, that whole thing kind of feels like, to me, like, okay... It can't just be because Spider-Man is Spider-Man and he saves people's lives every day. And if he had been here a year earlier, he probably would have stopped 9-11. Like, it can't just be because <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> it can't just be because he rules, you know? It, it has to be, oh, well, the captain's daughter got saved. It's only because well, he he, he's validated by the pigs. He saves five more times people than that, like, every day. But this one is special because it was, you know, some blonde bimbo. Anyway, uh, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. They fuck up Gwen in this movie. I don't love this Gwen Stacy, but I do love. No, this Gwen Stacy sucks. Uh, With all this, you know, hubbub happening, uh, MJ is feeling very, very dejected, very, very lost. And just and just doesn't tell Peter. Yeah, that's that's her entire character in this movie. She doesn't tell Peter any time she tells harry like literally immediately right does does she tell him here in the park yes she does she tells harry fucking immediately and maybe she just thinks he'll forget it if he like hits his head again that's not how amnesia works <laughs> no no yeah it is don't you remember it happened earlier <laughs> uh, <laughs> i do but, like that yeah. peter does a little funny dance uh what everybody's playing the spider-man theme more more yes. go- more goober peter moments yeah he he loves it uh God, we we just need Goober Peter all the time. Uh, we don't really, but it's fun to have him. <laughs> I don't know. He, he's fun. Uh, he scopes out the event beforehand. They're hanging out briefly. He he tells MJ where to be looking when he swings in because his head is just so full of all this shit. Simultaneously, uh, while this is occurring, Flint Marco, we get a great little scene of him, you know, tilting his head and the sand pouring out of his ear. I always liked that. I don't know. Yeah, but he's all sand, uh, so like... <laughs> you know fuck it who cares he needed the little spot fixed on his shirt i don't know uh conveniently there's a truck full of like a ton of sand around the corner and he gets in it and it makes him big he's now the big sand man he's a big man uh i have another write down here of how bad the cgi sucks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah same they make sandman like a really complicated villain uh in the first scene that he's in and then immediately they're like let's make him a giant monster man (laughs) (laughs) who just goes and you know like they do of course the cops start immediately trying to shoot a giant man made of sand uh which doesn't work surprise surprise and he literally storms away Uh, so while that's happening we cut back to the uh you know the the spider-man celebration harry and mj are still talking 
And uh, Harry reveals that he wrote a play for MJ in high school. Listen, I refuse to believe that. I straight up refuse. He probably got Bernard to write it. That, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's Bernard, and you should write this play for a girl I like. Okay, okay, Mr. Osborne. I don't know why he sounds like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's ghost possessing the, the ghost of Jimmy Stewart. Oh my god. But yeah, uh, I, I, I refuse to believe it. Uh, look, head of special projects because of nepotism is one thing. Show me Spider-Man 1, Harry Osborne, where he is in his senior year of high school. That guy did not write a play. I don't believe it. He's lying. No. It, it's a side effect of the amnesia. He was, probably, he, was, he was probably jerking off and playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, he probably went home and wrote the play that day. Like, oh, fuck, MJ's going to call me out on this. I need to write five bits of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard, help me. <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's just those five lines of dialogue. The rest is lorem ipsum. He just pulls out his typewriter and gets to it. Uh... MJ has to, uh, unfortunately, in this scene, uh, Spider-Man swoops in. Uh, a lot of people feel differently about this scene, you know, give or take, the, the side of the argument you want to take. Peter shows up, the crowd urges him to kiss Gwen, and he appropriates his former romantic alley kiss with uh, MJ into a little crowd-pleaser scene. Why does before, he do this? Uh, why does he do this? Why does he do this? There's, there's a lot of arguments on either side. Uh, I, I actually had a fun, like, not real argument, but, like, me and my fiancé were torn about this last night. She's like, well, that was that was super skunk behavior of him. That was that was awful. And I was like, well, to be fair, I'm you know, going to play some Spider-Man's advocate here. It wasn't his idea. If it were me, if I was Spider-Man, I would have kept the mask on, maybe done, like, a fun professional peck on the cheek or something. And then got my key and fucked off. You know what I mean? I would yeah. not roll down the mask, like, plant one on her, and make a whole spectacle out I, of it. Okay, so I get why Peter acts the way he does in this movie. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like a, uh, like a like a hero falling to his own ego thing, right? Yeah. But they but the way that they're do they're not doing it naturally. They're just making Peter an asshole for no reason. Yeah, MJ poses a great question much later in the film. Was that Peter kissing her or Spider-Man kissing her? And then Peter's and just like, like, "Uh, what do you mean?" Because he has zero emotional like, intelligence in this, in this movie. I, I I really feel like there's a way to justify what he did, like under the guise of like, "Oh, well, yeah, it was a Spider-Man thing. The crowd wanted Spider-Man to kiss her, so Spider-Man kissed her." But at the there, there, time, there's like, definitely a way to do the the hero absorbed by his own ego thing naturally, but they just. They just don't do it. It doesn't have to be like this whole thing, but it becomes a whole thing. Uh, while this emotional turbulence is happening, Spider Spider-Man, Sandman is jacking an armored car. Sandman's doing the classic steel bags of money routine. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're full of gold coins. Uh, I, I think they're just full of dollar bills. Gold. I wish they were full of gold coins. Yeah, after Doc Ock, there's a tremendous shortage of gold coins in New York City. Spanish, Spanish doubloons are at an all-time low. They're all at the bottom of the river, and no one has a boat that can go get to it. Uh, Peter, uh, he shows up. Uh, they put up a, a, a decent fight sequence. Uh, it, it's honestly just, it's over super quick, to be honest. I will uh, say, it is cool to have a villain that actually has, like, supernatural powers. Yes, he's not just some guy. They don't do it very. They don't do it very often in the movies. Yeah, he, he's he's the first person since Peter got bit to you know. It's have like 
Sandman and Electro and the Lizard, and I think that's it. Lizard is even kind of dubious because that was because of science. Yeah, but like he turns into a big monster man, so. Mm. That's that's half the roster. <laughs> I'm going to fight the big monster man today. Uh, decent fight sequence. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it, to be honest. It, it's over very quickly. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Flint is kept away from the cache, escapes. Uh, great little moment where Peter dumps all the sand out of his boot. Where do these guys that. come from? Yeah, great one. Uh, you know, the, the Raimi memes community is pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty vicious about turning every single line of dialogue in these movies into memes. But to be fair, there are some there are some stuff. funny lines, some funny lines. <laughs> yeah, if anything. Uh, so we get the the restaurant sequence after yeah. this. Uh, Peter arrives at the restaurant early to begin the preparation for the proposal. And we get our final Bruce Campbell cameo. Bruce the God! big old bc himself uh i like there's a fun there's a fun fan theory that he is mysterio and all of these cameos i don't know that i buy it uh i do like the idea that he is the same guy in all yes, three of I these do like that, yeah, that he's just like he keeps he just keeps uh, like moving to different gigs the the ring man is the doorman is the mater d uh and he just keeps running into peter i like that idea more just because it's they they paint new york as being criminally small it's it's fun. It's always great to see Bruce Campbell. Bruce needed a paycheck. He needed to go to Subway that day. So Sam was like, all right, man, here you go. He wasn't doing Ash vs. Evil Dead yet. Everybody watch Ash vs. Evil Dead. He, wants, he, he, need, he needed like two Spanish doubloons. And uh, <laughs> he was like, all right, all right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> do a little dance for do a, me. Do a, funny, you, do a funny French accent. How's your accent? Uh MJ is in, you know, the midst of of her emotional crisis here. She's been fired and she can't tell Peter. Can't or won't. I don't know. She she just Uh, won't. She can totally tell him, but she just doesn't. She's dealing with the aftermath of of the kiss as well. And Peter is just handling it like a greased football. He is he is just like I said earlier, he's doing absolutely everything he shouldn't exactly in the order he shouldn't do it. He he just cannot. I was stop. I was in physical pain watching this scene. Peter would not shut the fuck up. He cannot stop bringing up how hard it is to be Spider Man. Uh, I fucking but hate this movie. She she reams his ass about this whole thing. And then Gwen and, shows up. Oh god, I almost yeah, I have that written down, but I almost forgot. Of all people to show up, Gwen's there. She's super weird about it. I just, uh, I just wrote Gwen is such a nothing character. I want to die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different Gwens. There's a lot of different interpretations of the character. But as far as the original goes, she had she had depth. You know, she yes. She, I I don't want to get too into you know talking about the comics every five minutes, but they did Gwen so dirty in this movie. She she exists. Solely to interrupt Peter and MJ's relationship. I don't know if that was an, if adding Gwen was an Avia Rod choice or if that was a Sam Raimi choice. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't scream Raimi to me, uh, but I could be wrong. I don't know. They, it's it's just such a disservice to her character because she she is one of like the iconic Spider Man characters. You yeah. Know, if, if if you only know Spider Man from the movies, maybe not so much, but she was around before MJ, like considerably yes. before MJ. And she first shows up in like the best arc of the Lee Ditko run, which is the master planner saga. And what spider verse has shown, uh, mm-hmm. the, the comics now have shown, you can do lots of really good stuff with Gwen. Uh, one yeah. of my, my, probably my favorite Spider-Man comic is a mini series called Spider-Man blue. 
Oh yeah. And yeah. it's about Ooh. it's about Ooh. uh Peter's relationship love triangle between him and MJ and Gwen during the 60s when he was in college. Mm-hmm. It's a really really fantastic series. Uh Yeah, no, Blue is Blue is up there with like The Dark Knight Returns and stuff Blue like that. Blue is really really good. If you have not read it, it's very short, uh but it's like five issues. Really they're re- they're really, really I have the trade paperback. Um but Gwen can be done really really well. They try in the amazing movies, but I, yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, we sure will. We sure will. <laughs> I don't know what the catchphrase of this is going to be. We'll get into that, oh. or <laughs> who knows? We'll get we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just just awful, awful what they did to Gwen in this movie. Uh, the restaurant scene, you know, it, it just it completely implodes. Mary Jane says uh, when when she's talking about the kiss. She says the line, that was our kiss, uh, as if she didn't recreate it with the astronaut in two. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what the fuck? Just to to remind you that MJ still sucks in this movie, too. And once again, just to play Spider's advocate here, uh, that was our kiss. No, that was you and Spider-Man's kiss, because you didn't know I was Spider-Man then. That was you and Spider-Man. Kind of like how Spider-Man kissed Gwen. Oh my god, this movie fucking sucks! Somehow somehow they're both wrong. Somehow they are both wrong on this. Makes no sense, but hey, they say falling in love is wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Days later, Peter is told, uh, well he's called by Captain Stacy, uh, with some new developments uh, regarding Uncle Ben's murder. Turns out, uh, the guy that did supposedly kill Uncle Ben was uh, mostly just the gunman slash getaway driver for the heist. Turns out the actual trigger man that pulled the trigger on Uncle Ben is none other than Flint Marco, who Peter fought literally the other day. Another uh, another random retcon. Yeah, it, I, 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 I've never liked the idea of changing it up like that just because I'm, I'm such a big fan of that sequence where Peter tracks the guy down and he falls out the window. Yeah, I, I love that it's just nobody. It's just some random guy. Yeah, like it, it, does, it doesn't matter. I, I like that it's trying to tie Peter and Sandman together. I think that's cool, but it's executed so badly. It's a fun idea. Um, I'm sure it pissed a lot of like, super super comic only super, guys yeah off. super super uh you know retentive comic guys off uh it's a fun idea but like you said it could have been executed a lot and you know i th- i just feel bad for cliff robertson they they brought him back again uncle ben is in all three of these movies and i'm like you know what we don't really need to see uncle ben that much somehow he's best in spider-man 2 with that whole car in heaven sequence he's really good and this is his final film role by the way this, this is his final film role and he, what does he do in it besides get shot and then sit down on the pavement? The movie was so bad it killed a man. <laughs> Cliff Robertson is dead because how bad this movie is. <laughs> I missed him a lot today. I missed him a lot today. <laughs> Peter is still defending his uh, I didn't kill him, he fell angle, by the way, which uh, I forgot about him defending this when uh, I brought it up in our, our episode on the first video. Yes. I was like, yeah, Spider-Man doesn't kill people. He just kind of let that guy die, though. Yeah. Uh, it's years later peter's defending that and like eh, by all you know i'm not really a moral or ethic arbiter here but like he's technically in the right it's fine whatever i don't so know so peter told mj about the uncle ben thing but he didn't tell mj about the harry thing <laughs> this movie sucks nope 
<laughs> yep. These people need couples therapy is what they need. They don't they don't they don't need a podcast and they don't need the act. They, they need couples therapy. Um but yeah, Peter is fucking furious and he has no intention of settling down, which is one of my favorite Peter Parker lines in any of these movies. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just really goofy. <laughs> It's like an it's like an always sunny line. I have no intention of settling down. I, it's 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 goofy to me. Oh, did somebody get addicted to symbiotes? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he did actually. Because that night he goes to sleep, listening to you know the, the dulcet sounds of the police scanner, listening for any Flint Marco related crimes, and just chilling out, laying in his Spider Man suit in bed like I did when I was eight years old. Um, and yeah, the goo that 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 followed him home on his on his license. The goo that fall, fell in like fifteen minutes into the movie is now finally doing something. Like an hour in, there's a very it's a very Raimi sequence. It feels very Evil Dead, like the demon vision shots. We get some yeah. symbiote vision, that kind of thing. Fun callback, I guess. But uh, it uh, it binds itself to Peter. Which begs the question for me, like, what if he wasn't wearing a Spider-Man suit that night? Would he just be wearing, like, a black tuxedo? I think he, I think he would just be wearing the regular symbiote costume, uh, which would be much better than the, the black costume we got in this movie. Yes. Do we, we want, do we want Peter, to talk about it? Sure. Let me just let me just set up the scene real quick. Peter, he wakes up that night. He's He's on the edge of another skyscraper. He's clinging to the side of the building, and he's he's wearing his new suit. He sees it in the reflection. This suit, I feel, is very lazy. Yes, it's, I, it's I, lazy I think as it's hell. Very lazy for for all the creativity this movie threw at us with the Raimi suit, which I hey, hot take here. I love the Raimi suit. I think I might like it more than the Amazing Two suit, and I think I might like it more than the Homecoming and Civil War suit, uh, uh, and the Far From Home suit. I love the Raimi suit. I love almost everything about the Raimi suit. We, we, you know, we talked about this in a previous episode. I do have some nitpicks with it. As I've said before, I like the Raimi suit. I think it's good for its time, but I think there are lots of other suits that come afterwards that are much better. Oh, yeah. For the tone this movie is going for, for the kind of movies they are, I love the Raimi suit. It works well for what it is. It might not be the best, but it is a classic. I feel like I'm talking about a car here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just good. It's, it's a phenomenal suit. And when you when you bring something into the fold as iconic and as different from the norm as the black suit, I would have loved to see like a comic accurate uh, black suit here. I don't care how you good have to you have to like put in effort, and they did not. They really did not. They literally it it just kind of feels like they just spray painted one of the. I al- I already didn't like the chest logos uh, for the Spider Man suit. The yeah. they were already too aggressive, too sports cary, but now they're just even more aggressive. Like they don't even try. They don't even. It's just the regular suit dipped in black paint with slightly different logos. Like they don't even try. The alien's not very inventive. No, I uh, guess not this time. What can you say? The suit. Uh, it, it's this mysterious new thing. It, it, it seems to enhance his abilities. It makes him feel good. Uh, he can flip around a lot better. Uh, it, it 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 is what it is. It's it's a cool black suit. It's edgy. It's it's hip. It's now. It's it, hip. It's wow. Now. <laughs> uh he he gives a sample of the symbiote to dr connors who doesn't make a huge fuss about the fact that he just discovered alien life or anything he's yeah. just like hey don't 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 get this on you don't get please. this on it seems to like you it's like he found a fucking don't, alien don't dip your french fries in it and eat it or anything peter you're not doing that are you uh 
what if Dr. Connors had become a symbiote pair instead of uh, the lizard? Uh, you know, Raimi idea there. When you make five, Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> you make Spider-Man <laughs> five without making Spider-Man four. <laughs> Fuck you, Sony. I'm making Spider-Man five. It's going to have five villains. We're going ape shit now. Can't stop me. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, after all this goes down, Peter does eventually hear of a uh, Marco-related crime on the radio and absolutely does not heed Connor's advice. He, he wears the black suit to the confrontation. Uh, he's, he's going down to... Uh, he, he finds the recently devastated bank that he was at and notices some sand going down a grate. And there's a great little shot of him like just lifting the whole fucking grate and the cement around it out of the ground, tossing it to the side. Eddie Brock shows up again. And, you know, make some small talk, tries to take some pictures, and we get some, just some phenomenal asshole Peter uh, in this see movie. See a chump. See, see a chump and just smashes uh, his camera. Okay, this movie, is, this, this movie is good now. When Topher Grace says, what the hell, I distinctly remember turning to my aunt and, like, laughing because we were, we were both that big, that 70s show people. And uh, Eric Foreman says, what the hell, in that tone all the fucking time in that show. And it just, it, it cracked us up specifically. That's a fun little memory I have. Uh, that, I think that was part of what sold Topher as Eddie Brock to me was uh, seeing him in such a dorky role for like the majority of the career that I'd seen him in at that point. And then that kind of tonal switch to, okay, I'm just going to play a complete fucking scumbag dick ass now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just good, good stuff. Um, so uh, Flint is meandering through the sewers like you do, cash in hand, and Spidey gets the drop on him with some some really, really great borderline like that scene and in, in one again did you give my uncle a chance that that kind of give stuff him a chance he, peter's good at kicking ass but he's not good at the pre-ass kick like taunting and, and stuff no. like that uh he needs some like he needs some lessons uh it, it's it's a very emotional fight one of the more emotional fights in this um peter is pissed this is a cool fight i like the it's like an underground elevated train car is like right above a sewer which is kind of weird i don't think that exists in new york but it's a cool place to have a fight if if it did exist anywhere it would be new york city um it, peter is you know when he, when he's fighting someone that doesn't deserve it there's a lot of pulled punches or just your average joe someone he doesn't want to hurt uh the key difference between a fight like that and this is this is possibly the only person peter has ever actually wanted to hurt he it, it's 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 night and day compared to the fighting styles you see him use with like someone like doc ock or the green yeah. goblin this is intent you know with that whatever context is in any of those fights anyway i don't know who might have either aunt may or mary jane at any given they time beat the fuck out of each other affable. yeah they they sincerely capital f fight um great scene with the uh the Sandman's head pressed up against the tray, and you see his little sand brain after. Sand being, brain. You know, not not as brutal as Raimi can get, but as he could with a PG or PG thirteen rating, yeah. whatever this one had. Um, really intense fight that it ends up down on that lower level in the past the train cars, but to the sewer where there's a massive, just absolutely gargantuan uh, sewer pipe. Maybe maybe all the water in New York flows through that one pipe. <laughs> the super pipe, but. As the Sandman stands there for like a solid minute doing nothing. Yeah, he like freezes like a deer in the headlights. He just stands there. He's like, uh. Absolutely nothing. Peter comically like pulls and pulls on it until the rivets pop out. And I just, I just love that Raimi shot. Like every rivet popping, the like 
angular snap zoom changing angle going further further it's, yeah, it's, really it's good it's goofy but he made these goddamn movies and there's no way to undo that um so yeah the the pipe bursts and the wave the tsunami of water that comes out flushes the sandman down the pipes he kind of liquefies turns to mud a little bit and he is removed from the film for a good chunk of time it's out of the movie so now we have to have a new villain Mm-hmm. that's what the studio said we can slap him on there uh he's not gone gone but he, he will reform and return but it's it's just goofy to me the way they like take one villain off the shelf and put another one down and he's there for five seconds and let's pull him off and pull this one on and stick it's him. like a fucking tag team match it's awful it, it is it is it's, it's a tag team match of of suck uh peter arrives back home and uh mr dickovich you know he's doing his mr dickovich thing asking for the rent Peter politely informs him that he will receive his rent as soon as the repairs are completed on his door. You know, very, very normal conversation there. Uh, I've, I've always loved uh, that line. I know it's mimetic as shit, but I, I love, you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door! It's just, it's so out of character. It's great. I really do enjoy the Ditkoviches. I always love to see them. They're, they're really fun. They're fun. They're, they're on Hoffman's level, I think. Uh, Peter gets home and he's he seems a little different he was you know he was he was he was riding the high of yeah i killed that motherfucker but he gets home he takes off the suit and he just seems like almost like a post nut clarity kind of thing like he sits oh down and he's like uh why did i do that you know what have, i mean he has post post symbiote clarity <laughs> post murder clarity uh but he uh he gets with Aunt May shortly thereafter and, like, is beaming with pride. He's like, hey, Spider-Man murdered that guy. And, like, May doesn't necessarily think that we are the ones that can, like, arbitrarily mediate who lives and who dies, Crotey robot style. Aunt May is anti-death penalty. Incredibly, yeah, incredibly based. She's pro-choice, the choice of living and dying. Uh, she, she tells Peter that Ben wouldn't want them either of them peter or may to live for another moment with revenge in their heart which i feel like peter has known i feel like peter has known that you know what i mean like like first two movies he 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 grew up with uncle ben he knows uncle ben's not a revenge guy peter in the next as, movie doesn't know that shit <laughs> as soon as oh it turns out it was maybe this guy peter's like forgets all that and he's like oh ben would want me to fucking rip this guy in half grind his face against a train grind his bones into bread uh, so on top of all this, MJ, uh, looking for a job has landed a position as a singing waitress at a lounge, which they kind of paint it to sound shitty, but like she's still doing it at the end of the movie and she seems to be fine with it. So like, what was ever the problem? Yeah, that right? jazz line sounds cool as fuck. I would want to work there. Mm -hmm. it, it's decent um, until Peter shows up later, but oh, we will get there. In the movie. Oh, my oh God. boy. We're, we're not far. We're not far. Oh, um, my God, please. She, she. She does have a cell phone, yes. She she attempts to call Peter, but changes her mind and uh, calls Harry Osborn, who is painting a still life of fruit. I, look, I see it happening, and I still don't believe it. You know what I mean? The play thing, we don't see him write the play in high school, so it's easy for my brain to go like, oh no, that's that's just straight up not true. I honestly forgot that he's painting a still life in like two days. I'm like, oh And it looks shit. good. And it looks good, which makes me not believe it even more. This is, we're, that. We're, we're, we're talking like 18-year-old brain Harry Osborne. He was writing plays and painting. I don't fucking buy it. <laughs> Bernard <laughs> painted that shit. <laughs> yeah, Bernard painted it, and Harry's like just putting his name on it when MJ calls. 
<laughs> that's good. Oh man. So uh, they're gonna hang out, just you know, as friends, like you do when there's that much tension. Mm, don't. Uh, mm. This Peter should absolutely be with Ursula Ditkovich because fuck no yeah, drama. dude. I I was I was championing <laughs> that shit in, in the last movie. It should have happened. It should have happened. No no Gwen. No gods. No masters. No Gwens. No MJs. Just cookies with nuts in them. Can you get some nuts in them? Can you give me some, some milk? <laughs> you know, immediately after I watched this movie last night, I watched Donkey's uh, Spider-Man 3 making a masterpiece video. I watched that a couple days ago. <laughs> I had to. I could not resist. It's like immediately required viewing after this. This is how you know he's evil. <laughs> he's nuts. He's gone nuts. Do you get that? Oh, God. So, Harry and MJ are doing what every Just Friends people in the world do. They're dancing in the kitchen to the twist making and making omelets i feel like the omelet scene might be an outtake where he flips it and it, it gets everywhere uh maybe that was scripted i don't know i'd have to look at the script i guess but that almost feels like a fun outtake that made it in uh it, if if that wasn't the case then damn that's that's good uh they read through harry's senior year play and it's exactly like you would think it is. It's very angsty. I think the only line we hear is like, yeah, nothing like some self-delusion to get you through the night talking about dreams. And it's like, yeah, maybe maybe Harry did write this. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know that Harry knew the phrase self-delusion when he was 18, though. Maybe here. The most complicated word Harry knew in high school was like, uh, not more than three syllables. Microscope. Microscope, yes. Um. So, you know, things happen. They talk. And eventually MJ and Harry kiss. Which, like, if if Harry had been evil already and angling for this I'm gonna fuck with Peter thing already, I feel like it would make more sense. But, like, now that Harry is an amnesiac, all of a sudden he's a great pal again, right up until the minute he's not, and he starts kissing his best friend's girlfriend. So Alex, like, I don't know if you know this, but the script in this movie is bad. <laughs> wow, I, 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 I didn't know that. This movie is poorly huh? written. <laughs> uh... MJ leaves. Uh, Harry immediately grabs a big, fat, rich guy bottle of what I imagine is like cognac or, yeah. or something. And of course, right on cue, Norman Norman Osborne ah, shows up. Willem. Calls his son a fucking idiot loser from beyond the grave. <laughs> tells him what to do. Uh, and he tells him essentially, you got to re enter goblin mode and you have to attack his heart. Gobble gabo mode yeah it's 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 the only scene willem has in this movie yes right? it's gl I'm, I'm glad to see the, i'm glad to so, see the big boy again yeah it, it, and what i love about it is like the very last thing norman did in his living life was try to deceive spider-man with that whole oh i love you you're like my son and then he gets killed right even when he's either I don't know what you want to call it. He's either a, a delusion of Harry's or maybe he it's Raimi. Maybe he is a straight up actual ghost haunting his penthouse. Either way, there's no arc. He's still a fucking lunatic. He is still the exact same man he was when he died. There's no like, oh, I went to heaven and I met Jesus. And I met yeah, Jesus and fine. he gave me a, a <laughs> bottle of uh, Capri Sun. I woke up in Ben Parker's car and he told that that's heaven. It's just everybody fitting inside of Ben Parker's car. <laughs> yeah. It's, I hope I go into Sam Raimi's Delta when I die. That'd be great. <laughs> you right. uh, it's like at the end of Greece when they fly off into the sky. Except when you die, you get in. You get in, You get in Sam Raimi's Delta and you fly off to the gates of heaven. 
but yes, uh, that is that's our final Norman of the movie. God, God rest your soul, Norman Osborn. You. So so now that back. now that Sandman has been eliminated out of the movie, we have to bring in Harry as the new villain now. Mm-hmm. MJ is having like still one of the worst weeks ever. Harry and her just kissed. She goes home. She's freaking out. And like the second she gets home, Harry's there in full Ugh. goblin attire, lifts her up by like the throat and is like, I need you to do some super villain this shit. This movie is me. starting to get this. This, this is the point. It, t- <laughs> it took an hour. It took an hour and a half. But this movie is starting to get like funny so bad. It's good. Paint. It's starting to get a little painful, but like in a Hellraiser way where it loops around to being fun. Yeah, it's like becoming a so bad it's good type movie. So in a, in a very in a very soap opera scene, that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, under Harry's like under a tree a half mile away watch, uh, MJ dumps Peter to attack his heart. Uh, she's being coerced and threatened. I imagine both of their lives are are threatened by Harry, or maybe he'll. I'll kill Aunt May if you don't do this. I don't fucking. Know. They don't show us. I love that Peter us. is not Peter. Harry has become like a fully evil mastermind, and he's like orchestrating their breakup. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I I like to imagine that Norman actually is a ghost, and maybe he's like possessing Harry here. Oh something. my god! It's like it's like it's like, it's like Metal Gear Solid too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you huffed that goblin gas, you were huffing me, son. Those were my ashes. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, uh Peter has one of his now now I know this movie sucks. I still get choked up watching the scene of Peter getting fake dumped and he's like, No, no, Toby McGuire. I, I don't now. because Toby McGuire is an awful actor. <laughs> they like, make him he's cry. like, No, please. He's, oh. he's one of, he has one of the ugliest crying faces in cinema since like Mark Hamill, but God damn, do they love to make him make that face? It's so, it's so awful. But that's that's like, what I like, love though. He's like, it's, it's so over, human. and he's like, no, no. <laughs> he does everything but spit up on himself. It's so which, bad. That's what I love about it, Lex. That's what I love is that when you have a Hollywood hunk actor cry, it's like, wow, that hunk is crying. But when you have Peter Parker cry, he should look like a dumpy baby, and he does. <sighs> it's so awful. I don't like Tony McGuire in these movies. Oh boy. We're almost out. Uh, <laughs> MJ says to Peter that uh there's another guy. There's someone else and storms off. I feel like I feel like that whole uh, thing she was just like uh freeforming it, like spitballing yeah. like uh there's another guy. Yeah. Uh this is this is what sells me on MJ as a bad actress. Not not any of her actual <laughs> acting, but this scene is she's uh, just not. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. You don't appreciate me. Um. Uh. There's another guy. Uh. I'm I'm lonely. What the fuck are you talking about, lonely Peter? Like literally sees you every single day in between Spider-Man shit. And Peter's Whatever. like melting Whatever. into a pile of goo. <laughs> and he's he's composed himself by the time like the next scene. He he. I don't know if Harry called him or if he hit up Harry, but. He needs some. He needs some male commiseration. Uh, he needs. He needs some bro time. Yeah, he needs. He needs. He needs to charge his crystal with a bro real quick. <laughs> uh, they go to the cafe. Harry's very coy, very sly I love about this cafe it. scene. It's really good. Is this the same cafe from the Doc Ock car? I don't think it is. It has, it has a different layout. My my child brain said it was when I was a kid, but watching it now, I'm like, no. I don't it has a different case. layout. Oh. Like the cafe uh, with the Doc Ock scene was like at the end of like a cul-de-sac. You know, it's the cafe in New York. Yeah, the it's, one. it's the New York cafe. The one that it's everyone down goes the road. To. It's by the park with the bridge. Yeah. Uh, 
so Harry spills the beans. He says, I'm the other guy. You know, I've always liked her, blah, blah, blah. And Peter, he, oh my God. He's he's told by Harry that, that MJ was fired. We finally get that revelation. Finally. That MJ was fired Fucking finally. Like, Peter makes it sound like he sees this play like weekly at least. So like, was he just like not going or did he go? And he was like, oh wow, that's MJ. And it wasn't MJ. Like what did the he fuck, not notice the sign that doesn't say Mary Jane Watson on it anymore. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, he just, <laughs> he, as- he just assumes that it's MJ. Like he's like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's face. We learn at this point in the movie that Peter Parker is face blind. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Peter is just absolutely incredulous at this. He doesn't, he doesn't melt down the way he did in front of MJ. It's, it's more of a, like a, like a, a rage that he has like, here what? instead. What? Yeah. It, it's like, like a super cucking that he just got. He, <laughs> he, he, Peter Parker, the ultra cuck, uh, just, just, just miserable, just miserable in the scene. He he walks away, leaves the cafe, and we get, I you know, Donkey mentions is in that oh, video we already named dropped, but God, I have so always good. thought the this. pie, always thought the wink, he, he, the disappearing he, he act. I love the idea of Peter just storming back in, and Harry's under the table. And he's like, "Get out from under that table! Uh, I'm gonna kick your ass." This movie is good now. Finally, <laughs> it's good. It is. Peter, uh, literally too angry to die, goes home, dons the black suit. And our immediate next scene is him at Harry's place. Harry's, making a, Harry's making a drink, and he's like, "Ah, yes, I see. He's become like full evil diabolical mastermind." Mm-hmm. He he taunts Peter with some "Ooh, I kissed MJ." Talk Mm-mm-mm. the strawberries. <laughs> Peter goes ballistic. Uh, just just absolute uh, loses his goddamn the shit. Fight is really fun. He throws Harry through like multiple windows. Uh, Harry threatens to kick Peter's little ass, which I I, I love that line. <laughs> He's like, I defended you in high school, but now I'm gonna kick your little ass. If you're just like, <laughs> maybe that line is specifically why they accentuated Garfield's ass so much in the Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't have a little ass. <laughs> uh, Harry gets lobbed into the Goblin Cavern, uh, and they, he still, still is positive that Harry or that Peter killed Norman. Like the mental gymnastics Harry has to be going through to 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 to, to solidify this like narrative in his own head of Peter did it. Spider-Man did it. It's like, dude. I feel like Harry just knows at this point that uh, Peter didn't do it, that he like doesn't want to go back on it. So he's like, uh yeah, I I hate you because you killed my dad. Yeah. So they 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 taunt each other back and forth. They fight and eventually uh Peter gives up. He's like, fuck this. There's no point. Calls him Little leave. Goblin Jr. Yeah, Little Goblin Jr. Little Goblin Jr. Uh, gonna cry. Should have, should have been his name. Another, another uh, great line. After being thrown into a rack of hand grenades and surviving, uh, Harry lobs a grenade at Peter on his way out. Peter says, fuck you, and whips it right back into face, his face. Face grenade is raw as fuck. Which, which, here's the thing. I feel like these pumpkin bomb grenades have to have like a random setting on them. You're either going to get anywhere between 1% effectiveness and 100% effectiveness. Yeah, you're either going to gonna... get razor blade, you're going to get grenade that only scars your face like Phantom of the Opera, or complete skeletal disintegration. Yeah, you got, the, you got the skeleton at the end, 
You've got a complete face fuck up at maybe 25%. And then you've got the one that hit Peter in the face at the end of Spider-Man 1, which must have been like a 3%er because it fucks up his mask. And fucks up his mask and that's it. He doesn't, he doesn't have a grotesque face scar like Harry does. And Harry, maybe it's because he had a mask on. Wear masks, people. They save lives. They save lives. They save lives <laughs> and your face. If your best friend throws a hand grenade at you, wouldn't you be rather wearing a mask? Of course. <laughs> uh, so from this sequence, we get... Uh, I should mention, I didn't mention earlier, when uh, Spider-Man went into the sewer to confront, uh, I almost said sewer man, Sandman, <laughs> sewer man. Uh, shortly after Eddie the Chump's camera is broken, he pulls out a second camera and starts taking some like uh, scenery pictures oh, yeah. around the bank. Hmm, what could that be about? Well, Brock has faked a picture of Spider-Man's... Oh, I forgot, I forgot to mention too, he changes his haircut. Yes, yeah. Oh, God, I had that written down and I didn't say anything about it. That's, yeah, that's going to be it, the art for this episode, is Peter with his mm-hmm. emo hair. Yep, Peter Peter pulls a full Fallout Boy and just, you know, slides a little product in that bad boy. And darkens it up. Did, did, did you like to think he dyed his hair black? I like to think symbiote? that he dyed his hair. The symbiote whispers in his ear like, you need to dye your hair. You need to match. Uh, <laughs> so with that, uh, Brock fakes a picture of Spider-Man stealing money and gets the staff job that Peter has been angling for for years. Um, He's he's playing on Jonah's hatred of Spider-Man. You know, he gives him what he wants, that, that picture of Spider-Man with his hand in the cookie jar. Peter can 200% tell for like a million reasons this is fake. A, he's Spider-Man. B, Peter probably was like the original guy on 4chan that said, I can tell this is shocked because of the pixels. Yeah. I guarantee you that was Peter Parker. Yeah, and also, and also when they show the, the fake, when they compare the fake and the original, mm-hmm. uh, Peter took that first photo. Yeah, of course. Empire State Photographic Department confirms it. Uh, Brock is let go on his ass, and the public opinion of Spider-Man bounces back. It's all good. Uh, everyone uh, loves. I will. Again. I will say. Um, I do like. Uh, this is the little Eddie Brock character moment I was talking about, where mm-hmm. uh, he like. Uh, Peter confronts him, and then Eddie's like, "Please, I need this. The, uh, no other newspaper in the city will take me." That's a really good character moment. Yeah, it's human. It's it's better uh, than literally anything he gets in the Venom movie. True, but, but I think in that the difference therein lies with the fact that I think that uh, Eddie, as a character, is like fundamentally completely different in, yeah. in the Tom Hardy version. He's he's not nearly the same level of shithead scuzzball. But, you know, apples and oranges. The two totally different characters, despite being the exact same character. Um, of course. So, Lex, that brings us to the crux of this movie. The best the, scene in the movie. Uh, the, the piece de resistance. Emo Peter. Drive that funky soul. Fuck. Yes. We get some dancing. We get some, some, some hitting on Betty Brant. We get some. He looks at the newspaper and says, "I'm going to put some dirt in your eye to nobody." <laughs> He's talking to himself now. Doctor Connors is uh, is saying, "Hey, the symbiote really fucking sucks, Peter. He's like, Don't oh, do anything." I like, how he, I like his little face that he makes. He's like, oh. <laughs> he makes a little funny face when he's on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He, that's when he gets. He. You know. He requests his cookies with nuts in them. Cookies with nuts. Iconic. Uh. No, of course I didn't keep any. And he makes this fucking like Tim Heidecker face oh, after. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, is this our last appearance of either Ditkovich? I think so. What? What a! What a! What, what a, a! What a way to go out. Off. 
Mr. Dikovich doesn't save the day at the end. Mr. Dikovich doesn't save the day, but it, <laughs> Ursula goes out on a high man. note making cookies. They're a, they're a crime-fighting father-daughter duo called Good Man and Good Woman. Oh my god! <laughs> Your mind! <laughs> and he was, he was trying to tell Peter, I'm a hero too, I am good man. I'm good man. <laughs> you are a good man. Um, Peter doesn't ask, he, he takes the staff job, double the money. Uh... Just fantastic sequence. Yeah, he like hits on uh, Betty Branch. He's like, he's like Peter Parker, and, and, and James is like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Peter, you can't be horny. You're Peter Parker. Your shots are so good. I'd love to show you sometime. Peter Parker. Peter. Parker. Miss Branch. That's not the position I hired you for. Black suit Spider-Man. Peter, these are incredible. You gotta have these, Jonah. I'll pay you the usual rate. If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. Double the money. It, it, it's it's a lovely sequence. Uh, I shit on it for years and years and years, but you know what? Emo, I... emo, I'm so glad Emo Peter's been redeemed because this is the best scene in the movie. This it, is the only it, time the movie is good. It's become kind of like a cultural, like, not like cultural Touchstone. Or anything, but like, uh, it, it's everybody knows what you're talking about when you say oh that part in spider-man it's 3. become a classic spider-man moment it's in spider-verse it's awesome yeah they, they straight up acknowledge it he's not meant to be toby peter but he has elements of uh you know pretty much all the peters that, that 616 uh ultimate all of them kind of touch on in the spider-verse one but yeah that's i did this it's it's I love it. All these oh, years later, so good. I, I it, it's it, you won't see anything like that in a Spider-Man movie ever again. Oh my god, it's wonderful. Peter, at this point, after after he's driven his funky soul, he decides to be just a super dick. And I, I don't know what his end game was here. He brings Gwen to MJ's bar now that he knows where she works. Harry, Harry, let that slip uh, earlier during that conversation. Uh, yeah, she's like, you're, he's, I don't know. He's like, he's like, you're really going to dig this place. <laughs> it doesn't work either way, because if he's bringing Gwen there to make MJ jealous, that clearly didn't work, because she, how can you be jealous of this guy you don't want to be with because he sucks, right? Well, yeah. he sucks now, but she didn't want to break up with him. It's a goddamn the script. <laughs> goddamn yeah, the script. Movie sucks. <laughs> um, but if he was bringing there, Gwen there to make Gwen jealous... I guess that did work, but why would you do that if he's? Is he trying to win? I don't know. This is this is this, emo Peter is the best character in the movie because it's the goober unleashed. Tobey Maguire's strength as Peter Parker is that he's a huge goober, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But because they've allowed him to go full goober as emo Peter, it works so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't work any way, any way, shape, or form. This plan could have gone if the intention was to go there. And there's both women there and leave with one of them. He leaves with neither of them. Uh, I, I, I legitimately believe Gwen Stacy in this movie has the worst taste on earth in men. Uh, what are the prerequisites to date her? You have to be a staff photographer for the Daily Bugle. That's it. She likes photography because she's a model, apparently. Oh, wow. That's, that's deeper than Raimi put any thought into it. <laughs> um, some great lines in that sequence, too. Thanks, Hot Legs. Uh, of course, of course, the eternal. Yeah, he does. He does. So, like, 
Peter, so MJ walks up and they're like, "Yeah, let's let's play a song, MJ. Come on up and sing." And she's like, "About to start singing," and then Peter just starts playing the piano and when dancing. When the fuck did Peter learn how to play the piano? The symbiote the gave him the the ability to play the piano and dance. <laughs> they have pianos on the symbiote's home world. He he like he was, dances uh... around. He he does really good choreography. Yeah, well, he's Spider Man. He's know? going he's, he's going fucking dude. crazy. No one in the bar at any point goes, "Holy shit, that's Spider Man." This scene is great. <laughs> This guy dressed in all black the way Spider-Man does, and he's leaping and swinging off his chandeliers and riding chair. Oh my god, I think... Hey, isn't that the lady that Spider-Man rescued? <laughs> oh, the lady that Spider-Man <laughs> kissed? Aren't two of these women in this room right now two women that Spider-Man rescued publicly? <laughs> like, what, like one of the guys from the train in Spider-Man 2 is there? Hey, I know that guy! He's Spider-Man! <laughs> oh my... Hey, only the kids promised to keep the secret. Exactly. So, uh... This was all some kind of half-assed ploy to piss off or fuck with or make MJ jealous. And at the very end of it, uh, while he's being manhandled by Dorman, Peter accidentally smacks MJ across the room. (laughs) He goes full Hank Pym and smacks the shit out of MJ. (laughs) Never never go full Hank Pym. I believe there was an arc somewhere along the line where Peter did something similar to this in the movie. Uh, I, I... I want it. It might not even be Peter. I think now that I'm thinking about it, it could have been Kane. Yeah, this this scene this scene is really weird because it comes off of like the wacky, funny emo Peter shit, and it immediately transitions into I accidentally hit my girlfriend. It's like what yeah. the fuck? Like it's a sudden while I was trying to make her jealous. It's complete tonal whiplash, and that's what I think yeah. you could subtitle this movie as <laughs> Spider Man Three: Tonal Whiplash. That's that's a very good point. Um. Peter has decided at this point he is just absolutely done with this bullshit. Uh, he goes to apparently the only church in New York. I do like uh, I do like this like brooding hero shot. I remember mm-hmm. uh, the posters for that coming out. This is a very 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 comic accurate scene, if I'm not mistaken. Um, ridding himself of the uh, yeah, I don't remember what issue it is where he gets rid of the symbiote, but yeah, he does. up in the bell tower. Yeah. Uh, Eddie shows up at church. Uh, he wants forgiveness, so he tries to get religion, as he was instructed earlier in the film. And he asks God to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> Which, I mean, if it was that simple, you think Norman would have done that in the first movie. Please, God, please, <laughs> kill him. Uh, like you do, you know. Peter struggles with the suit. He rips it and it reforms, but eventually, using the uh, sonic vibrations of the bell, Venom's weakness, he is able to shed the suit and it slips away from him. Great, great overhead shot of like the like nude Peter over in the dark with the like the goo slinking down the tower. I do like when Eddie enters the the bell tower and it's like a reverse vertigo shot. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and it's also, also, does Peter have to swing home naked? <laughs> Maybe he like broke into a Goodwill and took a pair. I'd of like to think that he just he just streaked all the way home. It was like, is that Spider Man I mean, naked? He was swinging around in a suit at the beginning of the movie. If he he can't give a fuck at this point, yeah, Maybe he, he webbed and he just like sprayed some web on his crotch and was like, that's good enough. Web diaper. I'm getting home. Web diaper. It'll dissolve in an hour. I'm good. <laughs> Does it dissolve? We don't know because biological yeah, we webs suck. We just don't know that. Yeah, it, he yeah he might have accidentally waxed himself when he got home. Who knows? Ah, he just pulls it off. <laughs> oh! Am I not supposed to have what I want, what I need? <laughs> uh, so uh, Brock is there. He he's 
hears all this commotion. He looks up the bell tower and moments before he's baptized into the church of venom, he realizes, Oh my God, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. How the fuck can he see that high up? I mean, maybe he's got really good eyes. Who knows? I don't know. But now we've, we've, we have now lost, we have now lost the best character in the movie. Yes. Eddie Brock has, has left the building and as as has emo Peter, uh, emo emo Peter, the best character in the movie. Uh, We've lost him. He's gone. Rest in peace. His, his funky soul has driven up. Uh, so, um, so after this, uh, we, we get this funny cut, uh, to a fight in progress between Venom and Sandman. Uh, I always thought the, the timing and the, the pacing of this was really odd. Venom is just, Venom is just swinging around the city and, and Sandman yeah. just assumes it's Spider-Man. Yeah. He just kind of smacks him down. And he's about to kill him. He's like, all right, Spider-Man into the line. And Venom's like, wait, I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm Venom, but I'm not Venom because nobody says Venom in this movie. I don't. I just, yeah, they don't say Venom. I'm Eddie Brock, the bad guy. Let's team up and kill Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, And Sandman's just like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. Which I always thought was weird. I feel like maybe if there was some monetary motivation, you know, like he's like, hey, I'll pay for your daughter's surgery or whatever if you come kill Spider-Man. But he just says, yeah, no, I'll go kill Spider-Man. Sandman has such a really (laughs) great introduction and then they just like don't do anything with him. Yeah. It, 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 they do at the end. He has a good beginning and a good end, but he has no middle. Mostly no middle. because he's like gone from the movie for so long. Yeah, because he's gone from the movie because the script is like on fucking methamphetamine and it's just keep going yeah. at different plot lines. So, with all that in mind, uh, Venom kidnaps Mary Jane. Again. Fucking again, again. For like the ninth time total. Uh, she just needs to get like a taser or something. Uh, he, he baits Peter with her. And uh, Sandman is there keeping the cops at bay. We get a great news uh, sequence, uh, some some fun Spider-Man comic font up in the webs. Oh, and I do want to Spider-Man I, comic font, which Venom can just do, I guess. Uh, that's that's he, another he, symbiote power. He's, he's owed some royalties. Um, I have a very minor stupid nitpick with this scene in the sense that the TV news camera is capable of snap zooming and showing us that writing in the web. But later, when Peter is unmasked and falls like all the way to the ground, the camera is never like, "Hey, there's Spider-Man, and he's not wearing his mask." Like everybody oh, already knows, Peter is Spider-Man. <laughs> just pretending they, they just they just humor him. <laughs> JJ feels bad for him, so he keeps it up. JJ you know? JJ like, doesn't know. <laughs> Peter could tell him, and JJ wouldn't believe it. JJ is the only person that doesn't know. Aunt May knows. Mary Jane, no. Everybody else knows except for J. Jonah Jameson. Peter could be like, I'm going to be honest with you, Mr. Jameson. I'm Spider-Man, and I get, I get these pictures because I'm able to like put cameras in weird places, and, and I don't know him. I am. And he'd be like, shut up. Get out. You're not Spider-Man. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, nice joke, Parker. <laughs> you really know me. You re- that's, that would be really awful. And that's, that's a funny one. Uh, Peter puts on his regular good old red and blue suit, and he gets ready to take care of some fucking business. Uh, Harry, meanwhile, is seeing all this on the news because, you know, Harry watches the news, I guess. Uh, (laughs) um, Peter shows up to ask for help. This is bigger than both of us. Uh, MJ's in danger. Harry shows us his... Phantom of the Opera scar. His his fun new Supreme Emperor Leader Snoke face scar. Oh my god, he does look like Snoke. (laughs) That's the origin story. He's Harry Osborn. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> so this deformed now now very goblin-esque harry uh just tells him you know skedaddle i don't need you here fuck off i, I don't want your help spider-man 
and Bernard, you know, chilling out. I don't, I don't know if he was just like smoking a doobie upstairs, waiting for his cue or something. He was in, but... he was in sleep mode. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, he, his his eyes unglazed over, and he stands. He was, he was on low power mode. <laughs> he, he comes out and he's like, uh, "Harry, by the way, uh, oh, Harry's in the Goblin Cave." I should say. Yeah, uh, Harry's chilling out in the Goblin Cave, and Bernard just shows and... up in the Goblin Cave. Bernard's like, "Hey, by the way." The blade that pierced your father's body came from his glider. Okay, see you later. Why the fuck didn't he say anything about this? I know everybody always says this. It's been years. It's been years. I know it's like the common thing. Why didn't the butler say anything? But like, seriously, why didn't the butler say anything? I like to imagine he just went home and died after this. Like his I don't purpose even, was. I don't even fucking care anymore. This finale. <laughs> this this finale is like fine. But like, I'm just so emotionally drained. Yeah, you, you're not you're not connected to from it the anymore two hours of complete horseshit I've had to sit through. <laughs> hey, and we've spent two hours so far talking about it. So oh what does that tell God. you? God, this is going to uh, be the longest episode of the podcast. These episodes are going to keep I getting imagine. longer and longer. The final one is just going to be ten hours of us Jesus like Christ. talking about how good Spider Verse is. Um, MJ's taxi, you know. Uh, continues to lower and fall that she's suspended up in the webs end and we get another wonderful spider-man is here to save the day shot good stuff decent effects uh i didn't find myself going oh when i saw him swinging over the crowd here he's plants by another giant american flag yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh venom enters he makes some truly awful awful lame jokes uh and unmasks peter during the fight uh, that that lame my spider sense is tingling. That was an ad lib from uh, Fuck yeah. Uh I think it's lame as shit, but but I like being bad. <laughs> it makes me happy. God, it's so, uh, it's so dumb. Remember it's when we awesome. liked Eddie Brock? <laughs> it's so dumb. I I kind of oh, love the dumb shit that Venom says in this movie because it's the only vestige of like the so bad it's good stuff. That is sure. in the movie for I'll like give you that. that's in the movie for like twenty minutes. The symbiote is just like a placeholder for so bad. It's good. It's, it's, it's so the black goo. Fun. It's poisoning the movie, Peter. You need to get it out of here. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a convenient truck of cinder blocks above uh, MJ, which starts trucking out little by little. Uh, MJ picks up a, a conveniently backseated one and bashes Venom over the head with it from a distance, uh, which gives instantly. Peter. <laughs> I wish, like Donkey Kong with a barrel. Uh, uh, this gives Peter the opportunity to fight Venom off briefly, and uh, they have a nice little falling fight sequence. Which, uh, you know, those are always fun in these movies. I don't. There's not a. There's not like any in the first one. I don't think. Uh, but the, they they abuse that in the second one a whole lot. There's a lot of falling and fighting. Yeah. Uh, they do that here. It's decent. Uh, Peter hits the ground, remasks. Uh, but then. He, the sand shifts, and he's sucked over to the feet of now gargantuan Flint Marco, the the big big man. Giant, I thought he was giant, big earlier. Big monster Sandman. <sighs> now, now he's super big. Uh, Venom and Sandman, you know, they're still teamed up. They're putting in some work, and they eventually, legitimately, ensnare Peter. Uh, Venom's got him like Get the fuck out of him. They've got him like Walter White in the first few episodes of Breaking Bad, like bicycle lock around the neck tied to a, a eye beam and, and, and like the the horrible hammering the, him. the horrible actress that plays uh the newscaster lady she's like i can't believe what i'm seeing right now this, this could be the end of spider-man it's so dumb peter is getting 
brutalized, just hammered and hammered and hammered. This could be the end of Spider-Man. Until uh, Little Goblin Jr. swoops in and plants a pumpkin bomb in the Sandman. Uh, I love that effect. That, like, like I said, most of the good effects in this movie are Sandman related. Yeah. Uh, when the bomb blows, that his head is like glass a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he does. He does another thing down. where he burns his arm and turns that into glass. That's cool. Yeah, it's so good. It's it, they they had fun with it. Peter and Harry have lots it, of really fun combo attacks. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, one of them able to maneuver around like freely in the air on the board. The other one, you know, Spider Man, you know, can only point to point with the web. Uh, they're not so different, he and him. If they teamed up, they could rule this city. They could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or they could fight to the death again and again and again. Uh, the Goblin and Peter are working in tandem now. We get a lot of fun sequences with them. Uh, once MJ is secured and, I don't know, quote-unquote rescued, they get her out of there, they take her to like an, an adjacent construction zone. Yeah. It's New York. Everything's always under construction. Of course. Uh, we get a great... Uh, semi-final i guess this is the final confrontation between peter and venom uh venom is just absolutely hell-bent on vengeance uh i I do like what you said earlier about how this eddie is just like an alternate peter kind of yeah um he's a foil foil for him uh he's smacking peter up with a sharp pipe or rebar yeah harry gets knocked into a bunch of pipes and that uh, gets the sound going and that freaks out the venom Mm -hmm. they uh but uh harry gives his life to save Peter. Peter is about to be speared, and Harry steps in. It's, you know, say what you will about this movie, say what you will about this sequence. That's a fun inverse, I think, of, you know, Norman trying to kill Harry, or (laughs) Norman trying to kill Peter with his glider, and then Harry saving Peter from his own glider. Uh, Credit where credit's due. It's it's a fun idea. Uh, Following this sequence, Peter traps Venom in the circle of those fallen pipes, uh, slapping him into the ground and then uh, slams into him with enough force all around to remove Eddie from the suit. Uh, Eddie makes a final choice that he does not want to be away from the suit, and uh, once a pumpkin bomb is lobbed into it to fully destroy it, Eddie joins it, and he is completely vaporized. We do, it's a fun little thing there, we do see his skeleton very briefly <laughs> in, yes, in the so explosion. Yeah, fucking vaporized. <laughs> yeah, we get one final They must, they must have turned that pumpkin bomb up to 100. <laughs> Yes, that one was not random. That was the one, like, Master Ball pumpkin bomb. Master Ball pumpkin bomb. And Eddie is finally fully removed from the film. Uh, Sandman comes down, exposits for a bit. He's like, remember, I'm in this movie. (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie to you, Lex. I actually got choked up watching the end of this movie last night. I don't know if it was because, like... These movies have been very important to me over the years. uh, Like, as we've established and talked about and all that. But, like, I don't know. It just felt really final this time, watching it. Like, yeah, this really is the end of this era of, like, this kind of filmmaking. Not just for Spider-Man, but, like, in general. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. things have changed considering, like, superhero movies. Like, we're yeah. we're far from the Superman days, but I feel like we're even further from, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man days. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I was just completely zoned out during this scene because I didn't care anymore. <laughs> right, sure. It's mostly the, uh, it's it's mostly not even Sandman in this scene that I that I you know go with, but it's it's the idea of Peter being able to forgive him, which he does. Yeah, that's that's a, uh, that, that that's a that's a good. Uh, yeah, that's good. Peter, the Sandman straight up tells him, "I don't expect you to forgive me. Uh, it wasn't an intentional death." He reveals, "I 
I was startled and I pulled the trigger, which is it's a little lame. Yeah, the the, to, to well, whoops, the gun went off. That's dumb. Yeah, but uh, it it solidifies Ben's character, you know, with the trying to talk him down. He doesn't know this guy waving a gun in his face, but he's still going to try to life lesson him. It, it's it's sort of the the movie that Sam Raimi wanted to make poking through. You can it's see like, it showing through. It's yeah. like right there at the end of this completely convoluted piece of shit. Uh, as soon you, as you get, Venom is gone, you get to see, you get to see. <laughs> oh, you get a glimpse at maybe what this movie could have been like. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, Peter understands. He says he's done terrible things too, and he ultimately does forgive the Sandman for the ulti- the unfortunate accident that resulted in Uncle Ben's death. And then, San- uh, and then Sandman Thanos is himself, and he goes away. Yep. He he exits. He doesn't feel so good, and he just he wishes away to <laughs> go like. Do some incredible Hulk TV show shit for a while. Yeah, he's going to go do more crimes so he can get more money for his I'm, daughter. I'm the man made of sand. Goodbye, Peter. There it goes. Uh, MJ is over in the corner cradling a dying Harry. Him and Peter share a nice tender apology and a brotherly exchange of words before Harry also passes away. Uh, leaving us with just harry and mj leaving us with just harry peter and mj alive and you know here at the end of all this they just kind of fuck off from the scene i wonder if the news crew down at the floor is like what happened what's going on (laughs) where did everybody go they just transitioned to harry's funeral yes uh it's an interesting funeral scene uh flash thompson is yeah flash thompson is there i'm like what the fuck (laughs) which is bizarre to me but like maybe that actor was just free that day He's, he's there uh, we get one final Tobey Maguire Blade Runner <laughs> narration speech about uh, about our best selves and choices and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then we get, you know, our, our, our end scene. We cap off not only our movie, but the Raimi trilogy with uh, MJ singing at the lounge. Now, not really self-conscious about it. Just it's her thing. Uh, Peter enters during her rendition of I'm Through with Love. Classic. And totally throws her off of her groove. Uh, they take each other's hands, and with one final brace and embrace between our eternal therapy needing couple, we end the film and the series on Peter and MJ slowly dancing, fully reunited. Soft score over credits. It's over. Spider-Man the Third. transition from the christopher young score to snow patrol (laughs) yeah they sure do they sure do the credit sequences in these movies always fucking make me laugh with the choice of music it's like whose idea who was in charge of any of it (laughs) but yeah spider-man 3 big plot too much plot too much plot Uh, too many plots this episode is so fucking long (laughs) yeah it's it's a fun one uh i'm gonna take us right into some quick trivia uh not a whole lot uh you know we're Real we don't want to make this one too long and I've, I've i've included a few of the snippets i had here already you know in there yeah uh there's a fun little 
casting decision made. Bryce Dallas Howard is a natural redhead, of course, being uh, Ron Howard's daughter, but she plays the blonde Gwen Stacy in this movie. Kirsten Dunst is the exact vice versa. She's a natural blonde who had to dye her hair to play Mary Jane. And with the fact that these characters are already so muddled, it's like, what fucking difference would it have made if Dunst was uh, Stacy and Bryce Dallas Howard was MJ, right? Yeah, fucking who gives a a shit? (laughs) It literally doesn't matter. The characters are, are that, like, same tier. Who knows? Uh, most of, if not all, of Mary Jane's screams in this movie are recycled from Spider-Man 2 because she hated, hated I having to do all those sounded familiar. Screams. Yeah, if you listen, they're straight up the same, like, waveforms and everything. That makes sense. She just, Raimi demands a lot of screaming on his set. A lot of screaming women. Like, Love screaming women. No, and she's like, dude, I, I can barely, <laughs> could barely, no, it's fine. Just take the ones from two. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard performed her own stunts in the crane sequence, unaware that she was pregnant at the time. Oh, shit. So I want to say that turned out fine, but like fucking few. One one would hope so. Uh, There's a scene where Thomas Hayden Church, uh, as the Sandman, punches a wall during the subway scene. There were supposed to be foam bricks in the middle and, you know, it was going to break apart and stuff, but they had not been installed yet. And he broke three knuckles, punching the wall on on. Take one. <clears throat> Fuck. Fuck yeah. you, Sam. Uh, there, It was floated at one point to split this movie into two movies years ahead of Harry Potter and Twilight. Yeah, pull a Harry um, Potter Twilight Hunger Games thing. Honestly, Why? it would not have done no. it any favors. It probably would this be movie is already more. too long. It would probably not be remembered even as fondly as it currently is, uh, you know, had that happened. Yeah. Um, let's see, what do I have here that I haven't already said? Uh, it was the highest grossing movie of 2007. Yes. Uh, Raimi was, you know, uh, we all know this today, but very, very deeply unhappy with the film. Uh, the proposed Spider-Man 4, he has gone on the record as saying, like, it was going to right the wrongs. It was going to redeem it. I hate using that word when talking about movies. Oh, this redeemed this. Damn you, Avia Rod. Yeah, mostly like from a Star Wars perspective, you know, a new Star Wars movie comes out and everyone says, oh, that redeemed the last one. No, just say the last one sucked and move on and make something better. You know what I mean? Just so you think the last one was bad. Uh, Topher Grace did not drink water on his breaks, uh, which led to a lot of exhaustion. There's no pee hole in the Venom suit. Because oh, it's like, <laughs> like, why didn't he drink water? I thought you were talking about like the regular Eddie Brock scenes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. When uh, in the in the climax scenes, like when he's fully in the suit. He could not drink water because he would have had to piss himself. Uh, it would not have been, the character. Not have been good. Um, when Spider-Man punches that that scene where he punches through the Sandman's chest, that there's a fun little bit of trick photography there. It's not Toby or a stuntman in the Spider-Man suit. It is an amputee. Uh, it's uh, they did a similar thing with the Thing, Carpenter's absolute classic where they cast an amputee uh, to do the scene after uh, the guy's arms are chewed off. Yes. It's the same thing. It's a trick shot where, you know, he punches and has his amputee like nub against Thomas Hayden Church's chest. But then in post, they, you know, they put the fist through the other side of the chest. I love that kind of shit. It's a beautiful blend of uh, practical effects and uh, CGI. Um, Topher Grace specifically based his look uh, as Eddie Brock on drug addicts and alcoholics, which you know it it, it fits tonally with the whole symbiote like addiction thing. Uh, as as we've mentioned throughout this episode, Venom has never once called Venom by name. No one ever says the phrase "New Goblin" either, 
and Sandman is only called Sandman once by the newscasting team. So they, they really just are banking on you knowing who these people are <laughs> at this point. Uh, this is the, if I'm not mistaken, I checked on this, but it might not be the case. This is the only Sam, or the only of these three movies that involves all three Raimi brothers. Uh, Ivan writing, Sam directing, and Ted acting as Hoffman. And the last piece of trivia I had is, you know, normally I like to go into, um, there were some alternate cast choices for these roles that ended up, you know, being the ones we're so familiar with. However, Sony and Raimi specifically sought out Topher Grace for Eddie Brock and Thomas Hayden Church for Sandman. So this is going to be one of those few episodes where I do not have uh, anything in that regard. There were no other choices as far as I'm aware. Uh, I, I double checked a couple times just to not make an ass of myself on a recording. But uh, if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. DM us, uh, email us, something. Email us. But I, as far as I know, yeah, there was never anybody else in mind for Sandman or Venom. They were respectively cast with the choices they wanted. So yeah. we don't have to have a what could have been. And that's about all I've got for trivia. All right. I guess we can move on to the ratings and the rankings really quickly. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you want to start? I would love to. Uh, I've given one and two. What? Those were both four and a half. Four and a half. So in Spider-Man 3. Like I said at the beginning of this episode five days ago, um, <laughs> there are large swaths of a good movie here that are overtaken by even larger swaths of a bad movie. There are enough little glimmering stars in this movie for me to not fully say this sucks and give it something lower. I feel very comfortable giving this one a 3.5 star rating. Um... It's almost a three. It's very close to being a three. And if you had asked me before I watched it yesterday, probably would have said three. But there are just little gold nuggets in this movie that just work for me, specifically like that last scene I talked with you about, uh, the, the forgiveness scene between Peter and Sandman. And it's not necessarily ever because of something a character is saying or doing. It, it's, it's the interaction. It's the idea of the Peter we've seen throughout this entire movie coming to grips with you know everything and eventually forgiving the Sandman, which... Fuck, I don't know if I could do that. These three movies but, do work well as a trilogy. Phenomenal as a trilogy, which was never the intention, but that's what we were left with. So at the end of the day, it is significantly, significantly not as good as one and two. And that's just a fact. Yeah. It pains me to say it because I, I want to love this movie. I really do. It, 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 it has so many little hallmarks and classic moments. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's iconic in spite of itself, I think, with how mimetic it's become. Yeah. This is the most mimetic one. Yes, hands definitely. Down. Hands down. Um, I want to love it, but I can't. I can only like it a lot. And yeah. I give it a three point I give it a three point five out of five. Uh so yeah, you'd put your ranking as uh two one three? Yes, at this point it is two one three. All right. Uh as for me, I'm not as positive on this movie. When I watched it back in April, I also gave it a three and a half because I enjoyed lots of the sillier moments. Uh, but this time, uh, I sort of realized that the silly moments that I like aren't a whole lot of the movie. Uh, mm. Most of this movie sucks. Uh, yes. The characterization That's... is awful. The writing is terrible. The plot structure doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, it gets fun once it completely gives up and goes hog wild with the emo Peter shit, but that doesn't come until like three-fourths of the way through the movie. And then after that scene, it goes back to being really boring, and I, like, zoned out in the final Sandman scene. Uh, 
I did not enjoy this movie as much as I have in the past. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to lower my rating to three stars. I might bump it down to two and a half. I feel like if I bump it down to two and a half, that's a little too much. Uh, but I think three is a good spot for where I'm at. So for me, it's the right neighborhood. For me, it's Spider Man one, Spider Man two, big drop in quality, Spider Man three. Yeah, that's that's not an unpopular opinion. As the Raimi trilogy has sort of resurged in popularity, like the prequels have. Uh, they, they've grown in stature like oh these are really really good but Spider-Man 3 I never understood the praise for this movie mm-hmm. uh, and like I said before I was a little more critical of Spider-Man 2 because I do have lots of problems with that movie mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this on the next episode where we recap the Raimi trilogy uh, the movies are not quite as good as people say they are um, at least in my opinion yeah I, they, they do tend to get I, I used this word earlier but they get deified a lot people yes. you know, they, they put them on this pedestal that I'm not sure if it's just nostalgia glasses, if it's genuine appreciation, or if it's just like mimetic value. I think it's a combination of all three. But we'll we'll get in, we'll get into that on the next episode. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we will. But yeah, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, be sure to send it to our email address, SpideySignalsPodcast at gmail.com, or you can shoot us a DM on our Twitter at SpideySignals. Next week, we're going to recap our time with the Raimi trilogy and talk about the unmade Spider-Man 4. It's going to be a little different, shorter episode, especially after this monster. (laughs) Uh, So until then, stay responsible. Bye. Until next time.